This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. Endangered Part 5 by LTPC Chapter 06 Annabelle, wake up! Chris gently shook his sleeping girlfriend. HRMM? What is it? Came the sleepy reply. Open your eyes. Reluctantly, Annabelle forced her eyes open and was met with an unfamiliar and altogether unsettling sight. A as she blinked away sleep, everything looked strange, grayscale and transparent where there should have been color and texture, lit with an otherworldly purple light she couldn't place the source of, the ether. She jolted, her body shedding its blanket of slumber instantly, sitting up in bed to face the culprit of her interdimensional travel. A gasp passed her lips as she laid eyes on her lover, positively radiating with the purple essence of his aspect. Chris, you, you look, you're glowing. Thanks, Dee, you don't look too bad yourself. He chuckled, scooching closer and running a hand up her side to cup one of her small, naked breasts playfully. You know what I mean. Annabelle held his hand against her chest, interlocking her fingers with his. You're pulsing purple. That's just the dragon soaking up energy. How's Bartholomew? Annabelle found the excited enchantment prancing around her thigh, letting out puffs of smoke across her skin, apparently quite chuffed about being in his creator's aspect. Looking around, she was stunned by the absurdity of her current position. The room was the mirror image of their bedroom back in the norm, but everything looked like it was made of milky shadows. She was in another dimension, herself and Chris the only fleshed-out objects visible. How is this possible, Chris? We took science together, didn't we? How are they going to explain stuff like this? I don't know, D. Perhaps no one does for sure. Clearly the universe is larger and more complicated than can be defined by our current understanding. Isn't that scientific enough? No. Annabelle wasn't convinced. How did you get me here? Well, when I did it with Michelle, I felt my dragon surround her in a layer of energy so that I would be responsible for the drain required to maintain her in the ether. I did the same thing for you and the cost is manageable. Plus I'm absorbing energy around us all the time. It might have been nice to be awake. She protested. Hey, I was just trying to find somewhere to put you so I didn't have to listen to your snoring. Another dimension seemed appropriate. Laughing, Chris fully expected to receive a blow about this sensitive subject. Together they'd only just begun to explore the joys and problems arising from having a permanent bedmate. I. Whack. Do. Whack. Not. Whack. Snore. Annabelle beat out a rhythm on his barrel chest as she pushed him back on the bed until he captured her in a hug and kissed her into submission. Yes, you absolutely do, babe, but it's cute as hell. It's not even loud. HRMMPH was her only reply as she stilled her play struggling. Don't be like that. Chris chuckled. I love it. Hey, check this out. Chris released her and got off the bed, walked over towards the door, passing straight through the wood with little resistance. Alone for a moment, without the extra purple light he seemed to shed, Annabelle was gripped with a jolt of fear until he poked his smiling face back through the door so just his head was sticking through. Cool, huh? Okay, that's pretty cool, goofball. Just don't leave me alone in here, it's pretty scary. Sorry. Come try it. How does it work? Annabelle asked as he took her hand and dragged her through the door into the ghostly hallway. If we can do that, why don't we just fall through the floor? Both beautiful and smart. Chris praised her for noticing the inconsistency. As far as I can tell, it's all about what you intend to do. You want to walk through the door, so you do. Unconsciously, you're expecting the floor to support you, so it does. Does that make sense? I'm still trying to figure it all out. 
Surprisingly, yeah. Now I just have to stop myself from thinking about falling through the floor. Chris took that moment to show off what he'd learned in the last few days during his limited explorations of the ether. Leaping into the air, he dove headfirst into the floor, making Annabelle squeal in concern as he disappeared. Half a second later, he resurfaced as if the floor was a pool of water and proceeded to swim laps around her. She couldn't help but laugh, he was obviously in his element, like a duck in water. That is so weird. Annabelle mused, her mind wandering to the almost limitless applications this ability could be put to. Are you sure it's safe for me to be here? The ether has its own dangers but I think it's pretty safe. You're here with me and I can take you back whenever you want. I'm using my energy to keep you here but I think with training, you and Bartholomew could learn to enter the ether on your own. He looks pretty happy here after all. He does, doesn't he? Annabelle watched the tattooed dragon, now glowing bright purple, strut around her torso, spreading that tingling warmth she was only just becoming accustomed to over her skin. Okay, it's just, I feel uncomfortable here. Like I'm out of place and something is pushing for me to leave. I suspect that's because we're working against the natural order to bring you here. It's my aspect so I don't feel anything like that. Now do you want to go for a walk or go straight back? I'm naked. You don't say? Chris teased. Who's going to see us? Lillian's over there in an armchair and she probably wouldn't notice if you sat on her lap. Annabelle balked at that image before going over to inspect the statue-like vampire. She could have been sleeping or just sitting dead still with her eyes shut. To Annabelle, watching the voluptuous bodyguards sit unbreathing seemed like an invasion of privacy, like she was observing a personal moment of weakness. Her hair had been let down from its usual practical ponytail or bun, falling softly around her pale face, framing those luscious, wide lips. She's so beautiful, Annabelle murmured, bending to get a closer look at Lillian's ghostly form in the strange light. So are you, Annabelle, Chris whispered as he wrapped his arms around her slender form from behind. She could feel his semi-soft penis twitch against her rear, agreeing with his words. Now let's go explore a little. It would feel strange walking around naked. Come on, D, I've been dying to get out of the apartment. Besides, I'd love to watch you walk around naked. Flatterer. Chris hugged her more firmly, nuzzling against her ear as his arms caged her waist and stroked her flanks. He practically enveloped her with his larger body. It's true, you're completely beautiful, I could watch you for days. Annabelle was touched and thrilled by the contact, the deep seductive purr and sincerity of his voice. How could she resist that? Mmm, that feels nice, baby. Okay, let's go take your midnight stroll, so long as you only pee against trees. Un, fine. Chris grunted. Go get my collar and leash. Now there's an interesting idea. They left the apartment passing through the door with no resistance. Chris was surprised to note several unknown arcane runes protecting their room but they didn't hinder their passage, on the way out anyway. Annabelle initially balked at walking through the lobby of the hotel naked but she held Chris's hand as they even passed right through a clerk and walked out into the night. He couldn't help but be captivated by her beauty, sure. He'd seen her naked in their bed and knew the exquisite pleasure she allowed him as he held her and took her again and again on said. Bed. But there was something about seeing her stroll naked through his ethereal playground which struck the dragon as the epitome of beauty. The way her skin shone milky white in the strange light the way her body moved and flowed as she walked at his side. He especially loved her exquisite ass and the little dimples on her back as she moved, the hints of her ribs, and the cutest tiny jiggle that ran across her small, firm breasts with each step. He was lost in her. The being district was a much more interesting landscape that Chris was used to. Clearly, it was a hot spot of energy transfer between the dimensions due to the concentration of magic. Magical scripts and wards littered some walls like graffiti and there were an abundance of ether-dwelling plants making a living where they could. Chris identified them to the best of his ability for Annabelle but was stumped by several of the scrubby bushes, lichens, and weeds growing out of the very pavement, or climbing the buildings that a couple of fist-sized balls of pulsing green energy even streaked over their heads, apparently giving chase to each other. Further down the street, a large web covered the entrance to an alleyway, its sizable, many-legged occupant munching on one of the unlucky orbs. Annabelle didn't like that one bit.it was much more lively than he had expected, noises occasionally split the quiet, magical humming, scurrying or the squeaks and snarls of the tiny ether inhabitants which mostly chose to remain hidden in the presence of the dragon and his beautiful escort. They were, however, momentarily swarmed by a cloud of tiny, yellow and red flies, 
so small only his dragon's instinctual knowledge allowed him to identify the insects. Chris held Annabelle close as the collective examined the newcomers, eventually moving off once its curiosity was satisfied and they were identified as something other than food. How do they all live here if we never see anything like this in the normal world? Annabelle asked as the swarm buzzed away. These are purely inhabitants of the ether. They feed off the energy we all leak through into this dimension. It's not much, but it adds up. Chris explained to the best of his understanding as they passed the magical storefront, its shadow form practically glowing. Several healthy-looking vines grew across the window, basking in the radiant energy while something resembling a small rodent was poking its snout from its burrow near the doorway. Do they ever cross back over into our world? I don't know. Perhaps, but I imagine that it would cost them a lot of energy, and I don't know if any of them are intelligent enough or have control over magic. Everything we've seen so far has been of animal intelligence at most, I think. Susan says there are more malevolent things lurking in the ether, the husks of people who have been trapped, and even things from dimensions we don't know about. How can that be right? How many other worlds are there? He pulled her close against his side as they walked, trying to explain his own philosophy about these questions, questions he mostly tried to not let bother him as his human life played out, waiting for his awakening. There's no way of knowing, Annabelle. I try not to think about it too hard, their inaccessibility makes them pretty much irrelevant. When Susan first told me, I couldn't wrap my head around it either but she said that incursions between worlds are pretty much legends these days. The last major event happened many thousands of years ago, a huge battle between two powerful races spilled over into our world. There was no magic back then but that changed pretty quickly as they fought each other, and even converted us to fight on their behalf. The Divinas won, but were horrified how much they changed our world, how much magic was left behind. They placed a barrier on our dimension so that hopefully we would be free to continue on without any more interference. At least that's how the story goes. So even beings don't know for sure? Annabelle felt a little better that she wasn't the only one but it still left her without an answer to the apparent existence of other dimensions, worlds, and sentient beings. No, I can't say that story is at all accurate but it's what we've got. Apparently it's passed down from the first beings, the ones who fought in those battles. Hmm. Annabelle thought it over as they continued walking a little way. It was certainly a long shot from the creation story she'd grown up with. They'd walked several blocks now and she felt that they had had enough adventure for one night. We should head back. She murmured. Yeah, Lillian will be pissed if she wakes up and we're missing. Thanks for pushing me to come, Chris. It was a bit scary, but I want to be involved in what you do. Annabelle squeezed the hand she'd captured as they started back. Thanks, D. They took a different way back, completing a loop, walking mostly in silence, happy to be alone in each other's presence and soak up the otherworldly atmosphere. With the hotel lobby in sight, a loud growl and a high-pitched squeak issuing from a nearby building caused them to pause. A blue stake shot out onto the ghostly pavement and attempted to escape up the street in a flutter of tiny wings. However, a much larger creature, about the size of a large dog, merged from the shadows with lightning speed and pinned it easily. Chris and Annabelle looked on in shock as the larger chimera-like creature played with its prey. It was hard to describe, but it clearly had dexterous forelimbs, a long blade-tipped tail, and a maw of sharp teeth. The hapless morsel screamed piteously, sparking Annabelle's reaction. Do something, Chris. Help it. I don't dash. He barely started, not sure if it was right to intervene. Annabelle made the decision for him however, pushing him forwards. Fine. Hey, hey. Shoo. Fuck off. Guh. He advanced on the creature, hoping his flailing arms and exclamations would be enough to startle it. All it did was turn towards him with a warning snarl, its prey still helplessly trapped under claw against the concrete. It did look quite ferocious and Chris was at a loss momentarily until his dragon provided the answer, unleashing a bellowing roar from his mouth directly towards the predator. It didn't even look back, streaking off through the shadows with a hiss, yielding its morsel to the mightier ether beast. Annabelle shot forwards past Chris, kneeling quickly to rescue the blue streak. Oh my god, Chris, it's a tiny person. She cried over her shoulder. Wait, what? He asked, coming to look. A tiny blue person, with wings. Annabelle was indeed correct. The tiny blue woman, barely more than a foot from head to toe looked up at them in shock. She was completely anatomically correct, having the slim, tall build of an elf with proportional bat-like wings and conspicuously long pointy ears. Her rich, slightly wavy hair hung bedraggled around her body to her waist, concealing her in a blue so deep it was almost black. 
She's hurt Chris. Look at her broken wing and the cuts across her thighs. Can't you help her? Annabelle pleaded, scooping the miniature woman up in her hands. Annabelle, I think that's a sprite. I don't know how to help her, and they're not always trustworthy or even good-natured at all. They're intelligent and mischievous. She can understand us and is probably perfectly capable of helping herself. Susan had mentioned sprites as one of the more problematic denizens of the ether or whichever realm they chose to frequent. Please, Chris, can't you just use your saliva on her wounds? She's bleeding. He sighed, knowing it was useless to protest. Besides, if the sprite was actually bleeding, he could at least seal the wounds. Okay, pass her to me, gently. The handoff went smoothly, only a few high-pitched whimpers escaping the sprite. Soon she was sitting on his palm, bedraggled but with an air of maintained composure belying her drooping, broken wing. Chris brought her close to his face so they were eye to eye, helplessly noticing her perfectly proportional assets and even a tiny triangle of blue hair at her crotch. She was indeed a miniature beauty. I'm going to try to heal you now, okay? But I want your word that you won't try to cause trouble first. He thought he saw a weak smile play across her face before she gave a nod. Annabelle watched on in awe as Chris closed the gap, lapping out across the sprite's thighs, across her navel, and up her chest, clearing the abrasions and deep cuts left by her encounter with the beast. The wounds were tiny, but on someone her size, Chris could only assume that they were actually quite serious and certainly very painful. Her taste was pure sweetness, combined with an almost almond-like creaminess. Even her drying blood tasted delicious. He looked up when he was done with her front to see a surprised look on her elegant face, almost like she had rather expected him to eat her whole instead. Turning her onto her belly with a finger, he licked as gently as possible across the broken forewing emerging from her shoulder, the leathery membrane quivering as she cried out in pain despite his care. She lay still for a moment, whimpering as the bone seemed to remesh in the correct position, a dragon's saliva proving to be highly potent on such a small patient. She appeared to have passed out from pain. He tried to remember what Susan had told him about sprites but couldn't come up with much other than that they were very rare in modern times, that and they were always hungry. His dragon agreed, suggesting he feed her some energy. Sprites have such fast metabolisms that they were always at the brink of starvation. What are you doing now? Annabelle asked as Chris took on a very serious look, concentrating on the opposite hand to the one the sprite lay on. A spark slowly grew between his thumb and forefinger, making it some food. He answered, pulling energy from himself and the ether surrounding them into a perfect, purple cube about the size of a medium dice. Sheets that? What is it? It's raw magical energy. A tiny amount for me. What's actually difficult is putting it in a form which is stable and solid like this. This cube would probably be considered a high explosive. It's quite inefficient to make but my dragon is helping me. He took the cube and ran it under the sprite's minute nose almost teasingly. The reaction was nigh instantaneous. Her eyes fluttered for a second before her hands, suddenly tipped with nasty, retractable little talons, shot out and ripped the cube from his loose grip. Her extended fangs glistened as she sunk her teeth deep and let out a moan, proceeding to devour the cube with disregard for her surroundings. It was as if the only thing in the world that mattered was stuffing her little face. It took her about a minute and by the end, her belly was swollen as if she was at half-term. Looking up at him with an appraising head cock, the sprite finally spoke. Thank you, dragon, I accept. I must rest now. Without further discussion, she turned over to drape herself across his palm and wrist in a fetal position. An oh amount of gentle prodding would rouse her. What did she mean by accepting? She's so cute. Annabelle excited. Chris wasn't so optimistic. Sure, the sprite was cute, but he couldn't help but feel it probably wasn't the best of ideas to feed the wild animals. Unwilling to just leave her in the open, Annabelle insisted that they take her back to their apartment, at least until she recovered. She's not just a bird with a broken wing, Annabelle. Sprites aren't really considered full beings but she's a person, not a pet. I can see that, Chris. Don't you think, though, that leaving her on the street would be dangerous with that thing lurking around? Besides, she'll be grateful for our help and maybe you'll have a friend to talk to when you come to the ether at night. I hadn't thought about that last bit. Chris considered. It was true, though, the sprite could probably teach him a lot, if she was so inclined. It settled then. Annabelle said with an air of finality. They carried the tiny creature back to the apartment uneventfully, tucking the comatose sprite into some of Annabelle's clothes in the wardrobe of their bedroom. Chris kept his reservations to himself for the moment. He would ask Lillian what to do about it in the fast-approaching morning. The couple ended up cuddling on the bed as Chris merged them back into the norm. 
Annabelle felt textures return to normal as regular colors bloomed back into existence across her vision. Despite her initial reluctance, she was invigorated by their jaunt into the night. She was learning so much about this new world and even better, she was by his side as he learned. It only reaffirmed her desire to embrace everything she was confronted with and support him, rather than hold him back. Petra Godran called last night. She and Claire, her daughter, are driving up from California tomorrow to meet me. Chris admitted as he thought back to his conversation with the dragoness the evening before. So soon? Annabelle hugged him tightly, a frown concealed against his shoulder, as she took a deep breath of the scent she'd become so used to calling her own. I know, I was surprised too. Annabelle, if Claire and I do mate, we'll form a very strong bond. That can't be avoided, especially if we're as compatible as Elizabeth seems to think. I just... I love you and I always will. You are my first and I promise to never forget that or neglect you. If you have a problem, please talk to me. I know that, silly. It's just all happening so fast. I see the way women look at you and I know firsthand how easy you are to fall in love with. You told me from the start there would be other women in your life and that you'd be mating with other dragons. That's fine, nothing's changed for me so long as I'm still your girlfriend, someday your wife, and hopefully your favorite. I love you so much, Chris. Yes. Yes to everything. I'll never understand how lucky I was to find you, D. He whispered into her hair as they began to gradually relax, eventually getting a few more hours of delicious sleep in each other's arms before Chris's early morning start. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. I'm driving back to Laramie tomorrow afternoon. Petra called last night and arranged for us to meet tomorrow. I thought it might be better to do that at home. Chris announced at breakfast, they were sitting around the kitchen's central island again. Annabelle already knew but Susan's head shot up in surprise and Michelle gave him a questioning look as she finished her mouth full of cereal. If Lillian had a reaction at all, it was invisible, as she was in the living room. Who's that? Michelle asked. They're two female dragons, mother and daughter, who have been assigned to watch over him, seeing how young he is, and mate with him if they're compatible. Susan explained once she recovered. So what? It's like an arranged marriage? Michelle clarified. Sort of, except that the only pressure to go through with it is saving our species, replied Chris. Nothing will happen unless sparks fly though. So who's coming with us back to Laramie? We'll need to leave around two in the afternoon tomorrow, Annabelle asked, beginning to clear some dishes into the sink. You're going along? Michelle was incredulous yet again at the young woman's elasticity when it came to the sexual exploits of her boyfriend. Annabelle nodded. Well, I can't. I've got to stay and help out here with the synod. Am I allowed to be alone? Yes, Michelle, but I'll get Tim to have someone assigned to look after you while we're gone, said Lillian from her favorite armchair. Rowan will be fine without me for a day or two. Besides, I do need to check on my plants back at home. Jethry has his heart in the right place, but he's no green thumb. Susan reasoned. Really, she wouldn't let another set of women move in on her son without making sure they were suitable. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Last night, Annabelle and I rescued a sprite in the ether. She's in our room, still asleep at last check. What? Chris, I warned you about this kind of thing. Sprites are notoriously fickle and can be very dangerous when they set their mind to it. Susan scolded her son, although she knew it was his nature to protect things where he could. Given recent events, she hoped he wouldn't take any unnecessary risks. Where did you find her? Lillian asked nonchalantly, stalking from the next room, towards the dragon. Out on the other side of the block. He admitted, flinching as he felt the invisible vampire approaching him from behind. He jumped when her hands ghosted up his arms and settled on his shoulders with undead strength. Disobey me again, little dragon, I dare you. Whispered Lillian directly in his ear. Chris shivered, she meant to scare him but anything Lillian whispered in his ear could only be exciting. What's a sprite? Asked Michelle, unintentionally easing the tension. You would probably know of them as pixies or fairies. They're definitely not all rainbows and granted wishes though. They have retreated from our dimension over the last three millennia after losing their war, and as humans grew more prevalent. They're very rare these days and quite powerful if they can focus their minds to magic for more than five seconds. I'm ashamed to say that there have been sales of captured sprites in the past to be used as ingredients in powerful spells. Susan gave the textbook explanation to the ex-NSA agent, who was actually learning to take knowledge bombs like this in stride. She's okay though, the sprite? Susan looked towards her son. I can't recall hearing about any sprite females recently. 
We think so. Annabelle answered for him. She passed out after Chris healed her, and we didn't want to leave her in the open with that thing that was chasing her around. It almost killed her. What thing? Lillian's fingers twitched in annoyance against his t-shirt before she stood back and released him. Annabelle proceeded to describe the entire event in detail, painting Chris the initially reluctant but ultimately valiant hero who rescued the small damsel from the jaws of an interdimensional, flesh-hungry predator. Then he fed her a magic sugar cube and she pigged out and went to sleep. Sounds like a young wraith. Lillian mused, thinking about the predator. They were mostly harmless when they were that small. The older ones were problematic for ether mages, though. Did you have to go and feed her, Chris? She's going to stick around now that she knows you can give her magic-rich sustenance. Susan wasn't sold on the idea of a sprite in the house. She could help Chris learn about the ether, though. Annabelle pointed out yet again as she picked out a banana for herself now that the dishes were mostly cleared away. She'd at least be someone for him to talk to when he's in there alone at night. It's a risk, Annabelle, and you might not be so friendly if she decides she likes him and sets her sights on Chris. Susan countered. Annabelle's eyebrows rose in shock quickly and a blush just barely started showing itself before she recovered. That's impossible. She's so tiny. None of that matters right now. Chris didn't want the conversation traveling any further down that avenue. We should at least wait until she wakes up before passing judgment. She'll probably just go on her way. Besides, I've got to keep an eye on all of you without a sprite to worry about. Speaking of which, or should I say which, what are you ladies doing today? UG, you're the worst. Michelle groaned. I'm in a conference with a few of the Synod and some legislation experts in D.C. I'll be at the apothecary. Rowan is showing me his potion recipe for light numbing and anesthesia. Apparently it's been passed down since the 1700s. Susan was obviously enthusiastic about her new job under the aging magician. I'm going to scope out the school and ask some of the staff if there are any good restaurants to apply to for part-time work at while I'm here. Annabelle answered. And what are we doing, Lillian? Chris asked. Training, then we'll go see Rayla when she's ready. Replied Lillian coolly, still a bit miffed that he'd flouted her order to stay in the apartment during his jaunts into the ether. What does she want? Asked Chris. Your tutor arrived last night. Chris had been expecting an elf. Rayla said that he was her cousin, although she seemed to attach quite a lot of disdain to admitting that. What he hadn't expected was a brown ELF.SO when he hobbled his way into Rayla's darkened study, still sore from his recent punishment at the hands of the beautiful vampire. He was surprised to see a slender, long-eared fellow with a quick smile and smooth, chocolatey skin. He didn't have much to compare to but it seemed strange to see an elf in jeans, a t-shirt, and even a pair of worn sneakers. Christopher, this is my cousin, Arville, who I have attained at no small expense to teach you the ways of the ether and instruct you in magic more generally. Rayla introduced the two from her position in the largest, most comfortable chair in her dim study. She watched the dragon as he started forward, offering his hand. He seemed to be becoming more confident and purposeful each time she saw him. Oh how he put the synod in their place, bunch of self-righteous fools that they were most of the time. She would remember the dragon's little outburst fondly for years to come, so would the synod, though not with the same humorous outlook. Hello, Arville, it's nice to meet you, and just Chris is fine. Well met, Chris. And may I say that it is an honor to be entrusted with your education. Arville replied in his smooth, deep voice, accepting the firm handshake and examining the man before him with both physical and magical senses. I didn't believe Rayla when she contacted me, but it's really true. You are a dragon and the ether is woven intricately into your being. A singularity. Astounding. I can't say I've ever heard of a brown elf myself, so perhaps we have something in common? Replied Chris. Arville burst into laughter. Chris looked around, noticing that Rayla looked even haughtier and more cross than usual. I don't get it. My boy, I have a feeling we will get along swimmingly. Anyone who brazenly raised the subject of his heritage in front of another elf was a good sort in Arville's books. He even took pleasure from watching other elves' discomfort with his skin color. He is the bastard progeny of forbidden love between Drow and High Elf. Rayla said with disgust dripping from her lips as she leant forwards. A reminder to both that we are not the distinct species we would like believe we are. Because of that, he's hated and shunned by all. Although, I admit, he has his uses. That's terrible. Chris murmured, looking back to Lillian to confirm that it was actually true. The vampire gave him a nod. I accepted my lot a long ago, Chris. Said Arville. Now tell me about yourself. 
my cousin says you have quite the tale and have been even busier since she met you. Chris quickly recapped his story since his awakening, mostly leaving out his life and hiding with Susan. And there weren't any hints as to your powers before you awoke? Well, I could always hear and smell better than normal. There was the thing with the gold, too, but I didn't know about that. That's all to do with my dragon, though. As far as the ether, I used to dream about it or in it, I'm not entirely sure. I guess that was a pretty big hint but neither Susan nor I realized what it meant. Excellent. Arville exclaimed suddenly, as if startling himself from deep thought. Chris got the impression from his mannerisms that Arville was either a little peculiar, or he hadn't had much contact with humans in the past hundred or so years. You can already phase and manipulate ether energy, that shows you have raw talent, your dragon's instincts are guiding you well. I would like to see you in action as soon as possible. Perhaps tomorrow afternoon, once I get my affairs in order? I, uh, tomorrow afternoon wouldn't be the best, I'm meeting some other dragons. Chris glanced sidelong at Rayla, wondering if she would be upset in any way. You needn't try to hide it from me, Christopher. Rayla smiled with false sweetness. Petra Godren called me this morning to arrange travel permits and accommodation for her stay. I know all about your plan for a country tryst. Chris couldn't help but blush. So you've been paired with the Godrens? Ha ha. Lucky boy. I've heard their beauty rivals even that of my beloved cousin here. Arville spoke with an elaborate twirl of his hand towards Rayla. Lillian couldn't help but snigger, earning her a warning glare from the drow. How about this evening then, Chris? I'd like to assess your ability and knowledge as soon as possible in order to come up with a teaching strategy. We could even just take a stroll through the ether so that I can see you in your element, so to speak. He's already been quite exploratory. Lillian added, taking the chance to remind Chris of his recent transgression. Last night he and his familiar waltzed around our district streets, out and about on their own and even rescued a sprite girl from a young wraith. They ended up bringing the poor thing home with them like it's a pet. Chris shot daggers at Lillian, one for ratting him out to Rayla, and two for painting the incident in completely the wrong light. He didn't get a chance to defend himself, though, because both elves were staring at him and Rayla had shot out of her seat. A sprite? Small, with bat-like wings and elven features? A woman? Rayla asked disbelievingly, cursing herself for not monitoring her surveillance equipment more closely. It shocked her because although it wasn't common knowledge, what few sprite females there were left alive and free were kept and guarded in their last remaining stronghold, a mystical city in the branches and heart a giant oak somewhere deep in Europe. Only none knew exactly where it was, because the tree uprooted itself every night and walked to a new location. She let you touch her? Arvel asked. Well, she was injured with a broken wing. I only used my saliva to heal her. Chris countered, not knowing why everyone was apparently upset with him. It must have been drawn to his presence. Mused Arvel with a thoughtful scratch of his head. I must talk to her. Where is she now? Rayla continued, her hackles raised at the thought of another potentially very manipulative force setting its sights on her pet project. Chris gave Lillian a questioning look but it was only bounced back at him, with added confusion. She passed out after I healed her and gave her some food. We took her back. Chris tried to reply levelly. You fed her? What? Chris asked. Yeah, I guess. Who cares? Why is this a big deal all of a sudden? Incorrigible, even for a male dragon. Rayla murmured, ignoring him completely. There's something about him, cousin. Just you wait and see. Only one way to find out if she did or not. Replied Arvel as if they were completing each other's thoughts. Yes, Rayla said, finally looking Chris in the eye. Picture the sprite woman with your mind's eye. Gather a little energy, not too much mind, and say, come to me. Can you do that, dragon? What the fuck is going on? Chris was about to lose his cool if someone didn't answer soon. Just do it. It will answer your question. Rayla snapped. Chris exhaled loudly, taking another calming breath before relenting. He hated when people wouldn't just take a few moments to explain things. His eyes closed. He thought of the tiny woman. Her blue skin, her cute little ears, her small wings, her perfectly proportioned miniature body, her surprised, thankful eyes. Come to me. A tiny pop echoed in the silence of collective anticipation. He felt the release of energy followed by a quiet whir, perhaps of tiny wings. Chris didn't dare open his eyes for a few seconds, but eventually he cracked one eyelid cautiously to find his fears realized. Hello, master, squeaked the beautiful sprite, hovering a few feet in front of him at eye level. 
She looked at him curiously before stretching and yawning. I'm still tired, may I land on you? Chris automatically extended his hand toward the sprite, palm up. She alighted gracefully, sitting naked with her legs dangling over the edge of his hand as her wings daintily folded shut. Master? He asked. Yes. You fed me from your hand and I accept, you will be my master for one hundred years. As I suspected. Rayla hissed. You sought him out, you little trollop, tricked him into offering you food. I would have warded him a thousand times had I known you were skulking in my territory. I did no such thing. The sprite replied with a lot of backbone for someone so small. I just about died. If he wasn't there I would have been eaten by a wraith. He offered it to me freely, even if he didn't know what he was doing. It's your own fault besides, had your race helped us ages ago, we would still be considered true beings and I would have had to announce my presence to you. The others looked on, following the conversation but having nothing to add or in the case of Chris, being too caught up in his internal argument. You knew, you knew this would happen? He accused that IT was a possibility, replied the dragon calmly. Why, she could be a useful ally, she is fun, and she is very lonely. I give up. Rayla's eyes flashed as she cocked her elegant neck and examined the latest pain in her ass. Something seemed familiar about this little elfkin but it was so long since she'd visited their court, ancient history before their species was all but destroyed by that fateful war. It mattered not as her legendary temper began to bubble. I should put you in a glass jar and feed you to a spider. How dare you enter my territory and bind yourself to him? She spat, her dark rage definitely getting the better of her. She was sick of others putting their marks on him when she could do nothing of her own. You hold no claim on him, Dark One. And if you did that, he would see you for the sour, mean, old bat that you truly are. Snarled the sprite in return, hitting the mark. She knew enough about Rayla Nalaki's to strike true. That did it. Rayla had had a stressful week. Getting sassed by a sprite was the final straw in her murky mind. Before thinking about it, a bolt of shade frost shot from her finger, streaking towards the pest in a gaudy display of blues and unnaturally cast darkness, like the contact of an arc welder. The dragon's reaction, for Chris wasn't really involved, was instantaneous, spinning so his back intercepted the spell, sending him flying across the room to topple into a low bookshelf with the sprite held against his chest. He slumped for a moment before his body began the rapid transformation to his half form, his wings exploding out of his t shirt as a bestial snarl left his throat. Rayla looked at her hand in shock, a gray, ghostly afterimage of her spell still dissipating from her outstretched finger. She never considering that the dragon would risk his life to protect the little sprite. The sprite could probably have flicked aside the spell, having innate resistance to most magics. She didn't get a chance, though, as the dragon crushed her to his chest. She smiled happily, swooning, melting, she knew she'd made the right choice with the dragon. Chris couldn't believe it. Once he'd gained his breath back, he rose quickly and strode forwards. Lillian, so used to protecting the elf, stepped into his way. He stopped close, their bodies almost touching, and stared deeply into her eyes for a moment, as if their souls were talking. To even her own surprise, she stepped aside after mere seconds of his baleful gaze, unconsciously admitting her submission to the dragon. Her whole body buzzed with a potent cocktail of excitement, fear, and lust as he brushed past her, that damnable scent clouding her mind. Chris stopped a few feet from the elf, his entire body felt shivery and weak, frost burn radiating across his skin. Rayla didn't acknowledge him, or the tiny woman he clutched protectively. Her head was lowered, watching the floor, considering her rash action. Pride and shame held her tongue, giving him a moment to compose his thoughts that he took a deep breath surprisingly calm given the amount of adrenaline and pain that was flooding his system. He was pretty sure his back had a chunk missing from it. By rights, he had the justification to end her, or at least try. There was no desire to do that though. I forgive you, Rayla. But I fear for us all if beings as powerful as you are so arrogant they would take a life over a few words. Are you that hateful? That petty? How are we going to live with humans if we can't even control ourselves? Turning to Arville, who was still gawking at Dragon's half-form and seemed rather nonchalant about all the growling and spell-slinging, the dragon managed a pained grimace. Maybe it's best if we wait a few days until things quieten down. Yes, of course. The elf grinned. With that Chris turned and walked out, exposing the open burn on his back with blackened, vine-like tendrils snaking across his purple skin where it was visible through the tatters of his shirt. He walked silently, straight back to the hotel through the underground passageways, holding the nervous yet jubilant sprite while the vampire followed along behind. People stared at his half-form openly, 
gasping and pointing if they got a peek at his gruesome wound. He didn't care at that point. I'm sorry, whispered Rayla, long after he'd gone. Oh, hush, cousin. You haven't insulted him beyond repair, else he would have tried to kill you. Arvo consoled. You have bigger concerns, perhaps. Your vampire is no longer the loyal lapdog you once bragged to me about. Rayla hardly registered that someone was speaking, aching inside as much as the dragon probably ached without. His words, so insignificant but without any shield or counterspell to stop them, had hit home. She felt small, wretched, a little girl again being scolded for maiming one of her playmates. Worst of all, she'd exposed her true, darker nature to him. She hated that nature, her darkness, her inner rage. Over the centuries, she'd grown to accept it as part of herself. It drove her to greatness but left something missing inside her. Perhaps she was broken. Those thoughts made her feel anger in turn, for was she not a powerful sorceress, thousands of years old? What should she care of this newborn dragon whelp? She sighed with a heavy breath. He was right, of course. Curse his good-smelling innocence. It was his damn fault she had trouble controlling herself around him, not her own. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Oof. Chris slumped onto the bed, dumping the sprite on the pillow next to his head so he could see her. He managed to pull the comforter partly over his shivering bulk as she righted herself, kneeling with her legs tucked underneath her tiny but perfectly sculpted butt. What is your name, little one? The dragon asked. Imianth. I'm sorry, master, I shouldn't have provoked her like that, but we have history. Apologized the sprite. Perhaps not. My name is Chris, by the way, none of this master business. Now, would you mind explaining what exactly you're playing at? Chris. She rolled his name on her tongue. It seemed somehow inappropriate to use his name, but it was an intimate gesture to allow her the privilege. Fine, then you may call me Emmy. You saved me from the wraith and healed me, showing far more kindness than I have grown to expect from beings. When you fed me, I took the opportunity to bind myself. I am not playing at anything. Why though? Chris asked. Why be bound to anyone at all? I have had a difficult life away from my people, Chris. I'm a runaway from a poor match selected by my father to further his relationship with the Hyles. He was desperate to ensure an alliance for the survivors of our race and was ready to sacrifice me as the price. I know it's usually the duty of a princess to serve for the good of her people but I just couldn't do it. I never would have survived my husband, he was well known to be cruel and manipulative, so I fled. I think it was the best course of action, for had I gone through with it, he would have used my continued well-being against my father. I've been scavenging to survive for the last twenty years, hiding in the ether. When you and your mate healed and fed me, I knew it was time to come in from the cold, I'd found someone to live with who would be kind and gentle. Who'd respect me as a living being rather than an object or trinket. I have felt a pull to come here over the past days despite the dangers of more populated areas. Now I think I was drawn to you, Chris. I don't know what to say. Chris was tormented by her story, never imagining the complexities this new world contained compared to his previously simplistic life. To trade a daughter against her will like some sort of livestock, incomprehensible. It is the past, say nothing. She spoke softly. That only worked for a moment as he watched her. So, you're a princess? He asked with a sly smile. The sprite nodded. I used to be at least. I suspect father exiled or stripped me of my title when I escaped though. It was the food that sealed the deal though, wasn't it? I've heard about sprites. Chris managed with a weak chuckle. Yes, the food may have played a part. Emmy smiled back with a tiny wink, moving to lie on her tummy as she stared up at the half of his face not pressed into the bedding. We sprites only have a reputation for being so voracious because we hail from a time long ago when magic was so plentiful that what we required to feed ourselves was relatively a mere pittance. The word has changed much since then and now we are considered not much more than greedy pests, a plague if our numbers ever grew to what they used to be before the war. This world's magic is so weakened, dragon. You are too young to see it but if you live a thousand years, you will begin to feel it in your bones, as we sprites do. A war? That's the second time you've mentioned it. It's ancient history. Do not trouble yourself, Chris. She clearly didn't want to discuss it further. Hmm, I would be interested in you telling me one day. In the meantime, would you like some more, Emmy? Chris asked. It seemed wrong that this beautiful, playful little being possessed knowledge so profound and ancient. Both he and his dragon were interested in learning more from her. Of course, master. The sprite chirped merrily. Always. Chris brought his hand up and began forming a little spark. 
It was easier this time in his half-form, but he didn't have the ether's energy to draw from directly, plus he was wounded. The result was a slightly smaller cube of stable, purple-gray energy. She didn't snatch or scrabble at it this time, rather moving to lay across his hand and nibble as they continued talking. She broke little chunks from the corners and brought them to her lips like freshly baked bread. This is the best I've ever tasted. You'll never understand how much this means to a sprite. Hunger is always building inside us in these times of famine, to the point where we would eat nasty, disgusting things quite happily. It doesn't take too much energy from you, does it? How badly are you hurt? No, it's fine and I will be too, I think. I'm really cold and sore as all. He watched her eat daintily before her nudity became too much to go unchecked. Emmy, don't you have any clothes? I mean, are you always naked? He asked, feeling her breasts being pushed into his fingers where she lay. Of course. She giggled, tearing off another little chunk of magic and popping it into her mouth with obvious relish. It tasted like the spiced, creamy candy she'd loved when she was much, much younger. It's a little distracting. You'll get used to it, you can touch if you want. You are my master after all. It was practically a purr from her tiny mouth but he ignored her seductive tones. What do you want, Demi? What do I do with you? I've got a lot going on in my life right now and it wasn't cool to just bind yourself to me. Isn't there a way to undo it? You don't want me. She murmured, turning her body away from his view. Her wings and shoulders began to tremble. Jesus. Chris muttered there had to be some serious bad karma for making a sprite princess cry. I didn't mean it like that, Emmy. I just don't know what I'm doing. I've barely been awakened for two weeks and I know almost nothing about sprites, magic, or anything else in this screwed up world. Okay? I'm sorry for being untactful but, ah fuck it all, I could teach you. She spoke softly over her shoulder. Most beings would be honored to have a sprite princess bind themselves to them, even if I am only seventh in line. Females are very uncommon after the war, let alone royal females. It's not like that, Emmy, I just don't know you. You don't even know me. I know enough to know that I'll be happy with you. And I know I can make you happy in return, if you let me. She turned back to him now, entreating him, exposing her blue bosom with her darker hair flowing down across her perfect curves. Please, all I want is your kindness, your touch, and friendship, perhaps your love, in time. Her heartfelt plea tugged at his heartstrings. Chris sighed, she looked so hopeful. How could he say no to that? His dragon certainly couldn't. Okay, Emmy, you can stick around. Good. She laughed, crocodile tears quickly forgotten. Because I wouldn't have taken no for an answer. With that, she fluttered into the air, still clutching the last of her food, and landed in his purple hair. She tumbled around happily for a few moments before sitting up. You've made me very happy already, dragon. Great, another beautiful woman to satisfy. Chris groaned. Oh, I'll get to watch you rub with them all. How exciting. Look at the size of you, though. I wish you were smaller. She teased, pulling playfully at tufts of his hair. The dragon's throat rumbled grumpily. Cheer up, I'm easy to please. You're going to be trouble, aren't you? Of course, Chris. I'm a sprite after all. She leaned down and whispered right into his ear. You can always punish me if I go too far. Master. A shiver which had nothing to do with his recent encounter with frost magic spiraled down Chris's spine all the way to his toes. Lillian interrupted them then, clearing her throat from the doorway. Rayla just sent this salve over. It's supposed to help counteract the burn. The vampire didn't think much of the sprite flouncing around in her dragon's hair, lounging on the back of his neck. Honestly, she was still shaken by her encounter with him. One soulful look, his warmth so close, his breath arose her lips. She'd rolled over in submission under mere seconds of his commanding gaze. Her treacherous body still shook with tremors of arousal while her vampire keen to run to him and gorge herself. Meanwhile, her human mind cursed herself for behaving like a hopeful little bitch around the dragon. Completely unprofessional. She expected to receive an angry summons from Rayla at any moment. It was certainly a good thing the drow was too caught up in her own encounter with the dragon to be directly angry with her. Chris groaned as he rolled over to accept the small glass jar of ointment. It smelled inoffensive enough and looked like it was based of some sort of tallow, dyed green perhaps by its active ingredients. He scooped a little onto his finger but soon found, with a pained intake of breath, that he couldn't tend to the wound just below his wing attachment himself. Help him, pointy mouth. Imiant demanded, walking down across his ridge of larger spine scales to inspect her master's wound, sustained so bravely in her defense. Could you? Please, Lillian? 
Chris asked hopefully. Oh, okay. Lillian started herself from reflection. She wasn't sure it was such a good idea to be touching him at all but she went about quickly scoping a glob onto her fingers and rubbing it mechanically over the blackened gash below his forewing. She herself had been hit with shade frost once. The boy was being very stoic. Not so hard vampire. It's a wound, not a piece of steak to tenderize. The sprite scolded from the sidelines. Sorry. Lillian murmured. It had been quite a while since she'd done anything like this. It didn't come naturally. It's fine. I think I can feel it working already. Thanks, Lillian. More over here. Emmy called. Shut up or do it yourself, seeing as you're so attached to him. Lillian snapped back, more like her usual self. Nonetheless, she gently rubbed somewhere the sprite had indicated. I think I'm done now anyway. Annabelle can do it again later but you won't take too long to heal. Thank you, Lillian. Chris sighed in relief as she retreated out the door and down the hall to her own room. Are you always so confrontational, Emmy? I'm nice. Protested the blue little beauty. I'm just testing her. Well, would you stop, please? You're going to get me in even more trouble. Besides, Lillian isn't someone you want to be on the bad side of. She's been through a bit recently. She doesn't scare me. Chris had to chuckle gently at that. No, Emmy, I can tell not much scares you. Chris took the rest of the afternoon to rest and heal, eventually moving out to the lounge couch and lying face down. He passed the time surfing Maginette and filling Emianthin on human technology and the advances of the last several decades. Being a step removed from beings in that they generally didn't try to blend into the human community, the sprite had much to learn but was catching on quickly. Chris was already beginning to feel his heart soften towards her, his dragon had been right, she was fun. She was also very tactile. Simply lying on him like a piece of furniture and flaunting her nakedness openly. Later in the afternoon she seemed to become even more touchy, sitting astride his wrist as he showed her how to use his tablet. Her almond scent was strong in the air and Chris could swear he felt her squishing her hot little sex into his skin. Finally, she leaned right over his tablet to see the image on the huge screen, exposing her heart-shaped ass with her tiny vagina peeking between her thighs, glistening wetly. She had indeed left a wet spot. It was right in front of his face and before he knew it, the dragon had the slits of his flattened snout mere millimeters from her sex. Feeling the hot breath of the beast on her little treasure, she looked back over her shoulder and giggled mischievously at him, seeing the fight going on inside his eyes. Chris had to deploy all of his resolve not to brush across her perfect. Pouting labia with his forked tongue. Go ahead, I'd love you to. Emmy crooned, wiggling her tiny buttocks back and forth teasingly. Stop, Emmy, it's hard enough with you crawling all over me naked. Don't tease me. It's not practical whatsoever. Silly dragon. Yes, your manhood probably weighs more than I do but there are other ways we could please each other. If you get too wound up, you can always take it out on your other brewmates. So you want to be part of my brood as well? Growled the dragon. I? Yes. The sprite said firmly. Please master, lick me. I'll go crazy if you don't, your damn scent is too hard to resist. The dragon breathed hot across her nethers and finally she felt the tip of his forked tongue contact her. Emmy let out a pleasured, high-pitched squeak at the feel of his hot, soft tongue on her pussy. It had been so long. She shoved back hard on all fours, pushing back until her blue ass slammed into his purple lips. His tongue snaked out, lapping all around and over her fevered labia, her thighs, and even her tiny puckered anus. His dexterous muscle was so big and provided so much stimulation she couldn't help but moan and grind herself into him as a fire built low in her belly, and she flooded his probing tongue with her liquid joy. The dragon couldn't get enough. Her tasty little cavern was exuding copious amounts of her creamy, sweet essence in tiny squirts matching the rhythmic contraction of her insides. The delicious flavor reminded Chris of the taste of almond nougat at Christmas. Her bouquet had some richer, salty, creamy undertones which he relished too and it seemed that as he truly set to the task of pleasuring his miniature concubine, his whole body began to feel strangely light and a sense of almost euphoric well-being settled in his mind. Her moans indicated she was clearly loving his attention, making him smile. He enveloped half of her ass between his lips and sucked greedily as he sought her tiny blue clit indirectly with his tongue. The reaction was instantaneous. She exploded violently in his mouth, screaming at the top of her tiny lungs. Zeroa. Fuck. Don't stop, master, it's good. She didn't stop either, continuing to caterwaul her happiness for half a minute as he lapped at her gushing sex. Had she been a full-sized woman, he suspected she would have soaked both him and the couch. 
The dragon couldn't help but chuckle inwardly, watching her body quake and her little wings flap and twitch as he overloaded the minuscule woman with pleasure. Imianth cursed her birth as a sprite once he finally released her from his mouth, collapsing down onto the couch cushion with her glistening ass pointed straight up in the dragon's face. She could barely breathe. Her entire body was flushed, making her blue closer to the dragon's natural purple. Through all this, the spasms of pleasure still racked her tiny, foot-long frame, and all she could think was that if she was a regular-sized woman, she could have him inside of her. Something probed at her sex again, making her head shoot up in surprise she was too sensitive right now. She couldn't, not again. Could she? The question died in her mind as this time, the dragon managed to part her labia and push one of the forks of his tongue inside of her. No. No, I can't it's too much. She cried helplessly. The massive beast growled his disapproval at that idea, ignoring her pleas, instead pushing deeper and wriggling his tongue so it lashed the walls of her overpleasured, needy cunt. The sensation was so intense she instantly changed her opinion on the entire endeavor. Yes. Yes. Ravage me with your big tongue you magnificent beast. Don't ever stop. The dragon smiled in smug pride around her but... Her praises fell into unintelligible cries and wails as he stuffed her insides full of his dexterous tongue. That was how Annabelle found them, having come home and let herself into the confusing sounds of high-pitched sex. Initially she thought Chris must be watching porn in fast-forward but the reality was even more absurd. Sneaking forward, she peeked over the back of the couch, taking in the dragon in his half-form with a healing wound on his back and the tiny sprite backing herself up enthusiastically onto his mouth. It was quite the strange sight. She knew she should be angry. She wasn't doubt it was rather arousing as the seconds tricked by. She tried not to imagine what her dragon would look like with another woman, let alone one so unusual. And after all, Susan had tried to warn her but the reality in front of her was exciting. Bartholomew bounced excitedly across her skin, mirroring her emotions. You move very quickly, don't you? Annabelle interrupted. The little blue woman started, looking up in shock with trembling wings and blurting out a slurred apology. I'm sorry, mistress. I should have asked permission but I just couldn't wait. I couldn't resist him. Alua! I'll be done soon. I know that feeling. Annabelle smirked sympathetically crouching down at the end of the couch to observe closely, meeting eyes with the dragon to convey that she was okay. He soon went back to enjoying his little morsel wholeheartedly. It was quite hot watching him ravish the sprite, practically devouring her entire ass. I guess that means you'll be staying with us. Yes. I'm his, oh god. I'm to be his pet for, um nine, a hundred years. Imianth barely managed, trying to leverage herself back harder but having nothing to really grab onto. Annabelle recognized the tiny woman's dilemma, having encountered it a few times when Chris took her from behind and she wanted to match his powerful thrusts. Here you go. She extended her hand onto the couch in front of the sprite, offering her finger to push against. Annabelle continued to surprise herself, perhaps she didn't even consider the sprite competition at all. Th. Th. Thank you, mistress. Emmy grabbed hold of the offered finger and pushed back hard. Yes, dragon. I'm coming. Oh god, I'm coming. I'm coming. Her face distorted and her eyes squeezed shut. She tensed suddenly and tears began to seep at the corners. Then she was bucking and screaming in a language Annabelle had never heard as she continued to rock back into Chris's mouth. Fresh droplets of her joy misting fragrantly in the sex-filled AIR.to the sprite. The exquisite battle between the dragon's hot tongue and her own quivering warmth was a writhing tornado of pleasure. Trapped deep inside her flooded womanhood, the storm's power consumed her body and mind, her everything. She'd never experienced anything even close to this. Oh how right she'd been to choose him, muttering thanks to whatever force had driven her his way. To the two observers, her pleasure mumbling might have seemed like nonsense, but the infatuated sprite wove powerful covenants of servitude and protection around her master in an ancient, almost forgotten tongue. She would be his for far longer than a measly hundred years, even if he didn't know about it. The intensity of the sprite's orgasm was astonishing, triggering Annabelle to action. Having watched him dismantle the tiny woman with nothing more than inhuman pleasure, she needed the dragon too. As the sprite melted into a blissful mess on the cushion, Annabelle stood and began stripping quickly. Her t-shirt and brow were lost in seconds. Her jeans took a bit longer after her shoes and socks came off. Her frilly black panties were already soaked through as she scrabbled to get them off and bend herself down onto the couch next to the sprite. 
the dragon sensed a flare of power in the air as the sprite came, but he was too absorbed with lapping greedily at her delicious cream as well as the spectacle of Annabelle's wanton strip. His cock ached, throbbing and impatient in his ensnaring jeans. He knew exactly how he was going to ease that pain. Annabelle spread her legs and arched her back enticingly, watching the dragon eagerly struggle with his pants over her shoulder. Finally, his beautiful cock was exposed, its pointed, flared crown atop his long, creamy shaft. The slim line of purple along the underside, traveling down his thickness until it met those large, close-hanging purple testicles, so full of his pleasure-inducing seed. On the couch next to her, Imianth was equally entranced with the vision of manhood. You are a very luck woman, mistress. My name's Annabelle. She replied to the sprite as the dragon came to kneel behind her, positioning himself at her entrance, but only giving himself kisses with her moist lips. It felt like he was scalding her, toying with her. I know I'm lucky but he can be a terrible tease sometimes. Like right now, he knows I need him inside so badly but he just insists on playing with me. He's just a big meanie, gale, dragon, we'll pay him back. Oh yes we will. Annabelle agreed. What's your name? I'm Imianth, thank you for saving me. You're welcome. Now I'm going to enjoy finishing what you started. Annabelle arched her back sexily and pushed against the couch, feeling his thick crown spread her labia and slip inside. She looked back and entreated him. Please baby, come on, don't, woohoo. Her words died in her throat as he pushed forward slowly. Chris savored her tender, precious gift inch by inch, pulling back slightly every now and then to relieve pressure on her taut, expanded opening. He continued resolutely until he felt her squishy limit against his sensitive cockhead that he was so fucking thick and hard inside her. She swore, as she panted into the leather couch, that she could feel his rod throbbing angrily, deep in her stretched insides that he growled lustily in pleasure, holding them still by her slim waist, letting her adjust. She was always so ready for him, so hot and restricting, her pussy was already starting to try to massage him. She was exquisite, and the dragon wondered why he ever bothered to do anything but ravish her continuously. She moaned her desires as he leant down and feathered kisses across her shoulders and the back of her neck. There, a light sweat was starting to do, full of her natural, sexy scent. He turned her head and kissed her passionately, their tongues interlacing soon afterwards as Annabelle tasted what she assumed was the sprite's delectable cum in his mouth. What a nasty, delicious cocktail it was. No wonder he'd been lapping at her like a man-man. The thought didn't even disturb her anymore. It set her on fire. Releasing her lips, his hands brushed her ribs, around and across her smooth tummy and up to her small, perky tits, capturing and molding them gently between his taloned fingers. Annabelle could only pant and murmur in pleasure as the dragon took his time with her tingling body, holding himself deep inside her. That looks so hot. Emmy breathed, feeling another flush of arousal sweep up her tired body. The purple and cream beast was mounted deeply inside his smaller mate. Her body, delicate and pale, compared to the larger, stronger male leaning down on top of her, teasing her nipples so cruelly. The dragon started to thrust gently withdrawing only a few inches and sliding them back inside her slowly. From her angle, Imi could see his erection as he pulled back, slick with his lover's juices. She wanted that. Wanted it to be her cream wedding his glorious manhood. Alas, there was no way he could ever fit inside her tiny body. Chris, please go faster, I need it. Annabelle cried, feeling the burning heat start to mount in her loins as he sheathed himself slowly over and over. He would occasionally bump her cervix and send a jolt of pleasure up her body, drowning any accompanying pain. She wanted him faster now, to feel his entire length moving inside her, filling her so completely. I can't, Annabelle. Chris gritted his teeth as he kissed the back of her neck again, seeing her beautiful flush spreading slowly across her porcelain skin. I'm too worked up for Mimi. I'm already about to blow. She giggled breathlessly. He was being overattentive again, like he'd forgotten that as soon as his thick seed hit her inside she'd explode in shivering ecstasy. Then let it go, stupid, come in me. I want to feel it. I love you, D. Chris whispered in her ear, taking her narrow waist between his hands. He thrust deeply, driving almost his full length inside her and pulling back for another stroke. He looked down and was overcome by the image her perfect ass offered up to him with his thickness slipping quickly inside. Her little yelp of pleasure, and the feel of tight warmth around his cock before he was drawing back again, his shaft glistening with white streaks of her viscous, creamy lubricant. Her labia dragging back with his movement, clinging to him in an attempt to stop his escape. It was too much, 
he growled low in his throat and began thrusting frantically, making her cry out as he raced towards his finish. With a grunt, his cock swelled and began spurting heavily inside her, each release addling his brain with jolts of pleasure, as he simply kept screwing her through their mutual orgasm. Annabelle moaned as she started to climax, her innermost depths instantly coated with his semen. As her pussy squeezed him joyously, she contracted tightly with each thrust and jet of his throbbing cock, coaxing more and more from him as she bucked and cried encouragement beneath him. She could feel it, so hot and tingly as his magical stuff pooled against her cervix. Oh, fuck. That's too good, Chris. Give me all of it, don't let it stop. Our Annabelle. He moaned back, grinding his pulsing knob deep inside her quivering little pussy and relishing every last exquisite ejaculation until there was nothing left to give her. He was left tense and breathless above her, breathing the scent of their sex as she tortured his oversensitive helmet with her aftershocks. Panting together, they calmed. Chris began kissing her back again, holding her close against him as she rode out little waves of pleasure. He was still hard, so he continued his gentle thrusting, coaxing her to begin that delightful journey towards another climax. Annabelle complied willingly. Yeah, go again, baby. She cooed happily, following her encouragement with moans and whimpers as he started to stroke deep. He let her fall onto the couch and lean back to watch her ass shake and jiggle. They continued working towards their goal for several minutes, increasing their pace slightly and egging each other on. He grabbed greedy handfuls of her exquisite but as he became more and more excited, leaving light red claw marks on her perfect rump while she gasped in pleasure. Immy could tell they were getting close again, the dragon's wings seemed to twitch when he was about to orgasm, just like hers did. She'd been masturbating furiously since watching them come together, the mighty dragon spending himself deep inside his mate. A mischievous, dirty idea popped into her little head. It might overstep her bounds but she didn't care in her aroused state. The thought consumed her, she had to try. With a weak flutter, she raised herself into the air and settled on the small of her mistress' sweaty back facing the dragon with her pussy rubbing into Annabelle's hot skin. It was strange, she already felt a strong kinship to the human girl. Please! Emmy stared up at the dragon as he continued to thrust, that look of stupid pleasure right before going over the edge covering his purple, snarling face. Annabelle glanced behind to see the little blue sprite sitting on her back, watching Chris fuck her. She didn't care, she was too caught up in the feeling of his cock rubbing deep inside of her, and the orgasm which was about to tear through her like wildfire, the little tattoo latched tenaciously onto her teeth. What do you want, little one? The dragon asked between thrusts, smiling down at the adventurous sprite. You know what I want. Amy replied coyly, leaning forwards to watch the giant dragon pound his mate, while her own slick fingers worked on herself. He was so damn big compared to her. The dragon grinned evilly, his fangs flashing down menacingly at Amyanth in obvious excitement. You're a dirty little sprite, aren't you? Greedy too. Oh yes! Amy squealed from her perch as she frigged herself desperately towards completion. I'm your dirty, greedy little sprite. Fuck! Yes! He roared. Annabelle wasn't paying too much attention to what was going on on her back, she'd reached her limit. At that moment, her orgasm struck, tensing her around Chris again and releasing a throaty, ragged moan. She could feel Bartholomew writhing in ecstasy in his favorite spot, wrapped around her belly button and giving her little love nips as she came. Her molten heat was too much for him, triggering his climax in mere seconds as she milked his cock for her reward. Rayaf! The dragon bellowed, holding himself deep inside Annabelle as his first massive stream shot off, splattering her already sperm-coated insides yet again. He let himself have one more spurt inside his mate before quickly withdrawing and laying his sopping erection in the valley of Annabelle's glorious ass, pointed directly at the astonished little sprite. Imianth barely had time to be amazed at his size before she watched in delight as a jet of hot, thick, dragon seed fired point blank into her soft belly. She screamed and squealed joyously as he gave her more and more, each ejaculation hitting her tiny body with force and buffeting her around a little. She was silenced as a huge droplet hit her face. Her orgasm began with the most delicious taste in her mouth, her body tingling and buzzing with more energy than she had known in her life. She collapsed, a quivering mess of pleasure in a shallow pool of his white seed. Her limbs flailed gently and her wings spasmed, she lost her senses momentarily. When they returned, she was gripped by her baser instincts, her claws and tiny fangs extended, brought to the fore by such a magic-rich food all around her. Jolts of pleasure continued to flow through her as the dragon's cock dribbled its last into the little pullet on her mistress's sweaty lower back. 
She spared half a second to see the dragon smiling down at her debauchery before she began gorging herself and writhing around in his spend. Immy had another urge and quickly acted on it too, scooping several handfuls of his still-hot spunk into her miniature pussy, crying out at the tingling pleasure it brought her. Too soon, she was full to bursting, her belly swollen like a pregnant cow in his sticky, thick stuff cooling all over her skin and Annabelle's back. She was absolutely covered in it, but eventually sat up and looked around, seeing that both the dragon and Annabelle were watching her intently. She smiled back dirtily. What? That was something else entirely, said Chris in awe of the scene. The sexy little woman rolling around in his spunk while beneath her, Annabelle's pale back was splattered with thick, white ropes, some reaching all the way up past her shoulder blades. Hot. Nasty hot. Annabelle confirmed, having turned to catch the tail end of the sprite writhing around on her back. I'm sorry I missed the first half. Imianth twittered happily as Annabelle reached back to gently grip her sticky body and bring her in front of her face. Welcome to the family, I guess. You're certainly a bundle of fun and that was pretty cool for my first threesome. With that, Annabelle gave the sprite a big, sloppy lick up her front, shivering in pleasure as she tasted her lover. Hey! That's stealing! The sprite protested, batting against the other woman's huge lips. Threesome? More like two-point-one-some. Chris chuckled, giving Annabelle a playful sweat across her lush, glistening ass, narrowly avoiding his softening member. To the shower, both of you. He harried the two beauties until they were all under the hot water. Backing Annabelle into the wall, he gave her a searching kiss, even teasing her lips gently with his sharp teeth until they were swollen and she was left panting. He turned to the soaked little sprite, perched on Annabelle's shoulder, holding onto her hair. Leaning down to be eye to eye, the dragon assessed her seriously for a moment. That was wonderful, Emmy. I'd be honored to call you one of my brood. He leaned forwards, despite the impracticality, and gave the little blue woman a kiss. She returned it wholeheartedly, running her tongue across his much bigger bottom lip, even nipping him. Thank you, master. Emmy said as she slid down Annabelle's breast and clawed her way up the dragon's scaled, creamy chest and into his wet hair, laying prone on top of his head to look down at the two lovers' slick, sexy bodies. And thank you too, Annabelle, for sharing him with me. You're welcome, Mimi. I never imagined I would do anything like that but in the end it kind of came naturally. Are you sure you'll be okay here though? I mean you can't, you know, have sex with him. No, but that doesn't matter, I'm going to grow fat and happy off his seed. It'll be my time to spawn before I know it. Besides, your fingers look nice and dainty, you'll be good to me won't you, mistress? Annabelle giggled euphorically, unknowingly still affected by some of the sprite's magic as well as her dragon's pheromones. Would she be good to the little sprite? It might be fun to pleasure her tiny body, have her completely at her mercy. Bartholomew seemed to think so too because he bolted to the tip of her fingers, itching to greet the beautiful blue woman. Annabelle reached up to the sprite, who watched the blue little dragon intently before her eyes widened in awe. A living enchantment? Emmy squeaked. Yes. Annabelle explained. Chris created him when we completed my binding ceremony, to protect me. He's called Bartholomew, he's quite mischievous. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, though. Chris qualified. Amazing. The sprite also reached out to touch the little dragon on Annabelle's skin. I'd thought him just some sort of magical tattoo, but once I noticed him with all my senses, he is so much more. Hello, little dragon, I'm Imianth, seventh in line to the broken throne, not that that means anything. You may call me Imi. We will work together to keep our master and mistress safe, no? Bartholomew agreed with an especially thick belch of purple smoke. Delightful. The sprite confirmed. Wait, spawn? Chris asked, finally processing what the sprite had said before they'd all gotten distracted by Bartholomew. Yes, of course. If you do me the honor, you will prick me with your fong and impregnate me so our little spritelings can be let loose across the land. Chris was at a loss. Spritelings? How many are there? Annabelle asked. Several hundred thousand. No way, all at once? Of course, they're very small. I don't know what to say. Answered Chris apologetically. You don't have to say anything. It could be several years away, but with any luck, you'll grow feelings for me and be my first mate. You've made me so happy already, dragon. Oh, that's so cute. Sweetie, of course he'll do that for you. Annabelle gushed. We're going to have babies too, eventually. Chris shook his head as the wet beauties conspired against him. 
There was definitely magic at play here and he couldn't help feeling guilty that he was unconsciously manipulating them. Regardless, the dragon rumbled approval deep in his chest at the thought of seating another mate. Her species is almost as threatened as ours. This is a chance to save them too. Thank you, Annabelle. In the meantime, I'm sure I could find uses for his stuff. Make sure it doesn't go to waste. Proposed the sprite, impishly sitting in her perch, half under a thick spray of hot water. I'm sure you could. Chris muttered, reliving the vivid image of the sprite being splattered as she writhed on Annabelle's back. Annabelle slapped his peck. You were thinking about it again, weren't you? He grinned sheepishly. It had been very hot. I blame you. You've corrupted my boyfriend, you nasty little, come slut. Annabelle flicked some water the culprit's way. I can't help it. You know what he's like. The sprite pleaded innocence. A playful, giggly shower battle ensued, the sprite using the dragon's bulk as cover from the human's grasping hands and hurling little shocks of electricity or cold at Annabelle, harmless but making her scream nonetheless. They flung innuendo back and forth. Eventually, the dragon caught them both and made them make up, which they did happily enough after their play fight. It ended up turning out into a ten-minute makeout session between he and Annabelle, after which the dragon took his time to wash their live bodies very thoroughly. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. He's having sex with her already? Susan's voice raised an unconstrained worry. Well, in as much sense of the word as possible given the physical limitations. Lillian explained, drawing a slurp of blood through the straw. Some of the old enamoring enchantments used to use certain sprite. How do I say this politely, ingredients? If you remember Susan. Now she's bound herself to him. Apparently offering her food is some sort of magical contract. Rayla wasn't at all happy. She seemed very surprised that a female sprite was even in the area. It had gotten late and Lillian had almost picked up her phone to find out where the witch and the human had gotten themselves lost but they just walked through the door. It was truly night outside now, the lights of the larger city but especially the active being district shone up through the wide windows into the dimly lit kitchen where the three women conferred. Well that explains why Rayla was distracted today, Michelle said. Things didn't go so well, she snapped at one of the legal experts we had in conference, threatened to curse his lineage if he didn't start thinking intelligently. Wait, she can't actually do that, can she? Yes, but not without consequence after yesterday's decree by the Synod replied the vampire. Rayla is usually short-tempered at the best of times, but today would have been especially bad. She was aggravated by this sprite and wounded Chris when she meant to kill little woman. To top it all off, I stood aside when the dragon could very easily have meant her harm. That he only ended up telling her off like she was a spoiled child is perhaps worse than if he had. What did she get Chris with? Susan assumed her son's injuries couldn't have been too bad or she'd have heard about it before now. To be honest, she was still more concerned about him taking up with the sprite so readily. Shade Frost, he's been healing well today but it must have hurt like hell. Susan's motherly instincts flared visibly as her demeanor stiffened. How dare the drow use borderline dark magic on him? Lillian saw her reaction and put a steadying hand on the witch's shoulder. He stood in front of her spell to protect the sprite. For what it's worth, Rayla seemed very put out about hurting him. She sent over a powerful salve to help him heal right away. He's in his room? Susan asked. He and Annabelle went to bed early with Inyanth trailing along. That's the sprite, and she's quite rambunctious. He said he's feeling okay, just really tired and still a bit chilled. Susan didn't respond resisting the urge to barge into his bedroom to check on him. So she can just get away with attacking him? Michelle asked. Well, essentially, yes. Lillian spoke. Chris could have fought her or maybe demanded compensation of some sort, but it's her territory. She has the power to punish and even kill her subjects with only marginal justification if she chooses so. She'd need more because he's a dragon, but the synod would only step in if things got really out of hand. She didn't even mean to hit him. The sprite was definitely asking for trouble. Huh? Michelle murmured. Things are really going to have to change around here. I can see why we got almost nowhere today. We've been assuming you have some sort of justice system with sensible rules and laws, like we do. We do. The vampire flashed her fangs in a wicked smile at the human before sucking out the last of her blood bag obnoxiously noisily. How's that? Michelle asked when no explanation was forthcoming. Don't get caught, don't piss off the powerful, and protect the secret. So what? Just fight it out. That's barbaric. You can't apply human logic and laws to everything beings do. We aren't human. Our system has worked for thousands of years. 
but you humans are in the process of toppling one of the constants every being has known and clung to since birth. Humans don't know about us. That's going to be hard for some of us to deal with, not to mention these new restrictions. Michelle thought that over for several moments, realizing she needed to reconsider her vision of how the revelation would unfold. She'd been hoping beings and humans could be covered by a single set of laws, but who knows how it was going to work. You said you let him pass you when you thought he might hurt Rayla. How is that possible? Susan noticed the importance of the vampire's admission and even managed to hold her fierce gaze until Lillian was forced to lower her eyes. I don't know. Lillian spoke very quietly. It's getting harder. Sometimes I just want to taste him so badly. Oh, Lillian, I'm sorry. It was Susan's turn to provide comfort. She couldn't imagine what the vampire was going through, but it must have been a terribly cruel-hearted decision to knowingly assign Lillian to guard her son. The thing was, it had been good for him and they appeared to get on so well that Susan couldn't help but be a little thankful. There must be a way, to break it I mean? Lillian's eyes flicked to the witch, trying to convey the danger of continuing the conversation in the monitor department. No, I must be released. Rayla and I have our differences but our blood pact is useful to both of us. Lillian lied through her fangs, doing her best to act sincere for the sake of her own safety. She wouldn't put it past the elf to destroy her after today's transgression. Susan was instantly ashamed at her mistake. She'd been removed from beings far too long for her own good. Anything and everything could be used against you, she'd grown complacent in her time raising Chris. Michelle was confused to say the least. There was suddenly tension and angst in the air. Words like bloodpack certainly had connotations she didn't like. Her inquisitive nature was about to force her to ask what was going on but Susan subtly moved closer along the kitchen island to grab a piece of fruit out of the basket and placed her foot gently on top of Michelle's dot as she bit into the crisp apple. Susan looked meaningfully at the NSA agent. The questions died in Michelle's throat, replaced by a surreptitious swallow. Well, you've had dinner, Lillian, so why don't I take Michelle down to the lobby cafe for some of our own? Susan said. I imagine that Chris and Annabelle had the right idea going to bed early. We've all got big days tomorrow. I'm sure chaperoning your son on a date can't be too tiring. Lillian smiled. It's all right for you, Lillian. You're not the one handing over your lover to an untried dragoness. Susan said, happy that the mood had brightened almost instantly. Perhaps even quick enough for a nosy drow to overlook the poorly veiled colluding. You can only blame yourself for raising such a lecherous, unfaithful, womanizing boy. The vampire shot back. Michelle's mouth dropped open before she realized Lillian was, of course, joking. Susan only smiled knowingly as she grabbed Michelle's hand and pulled her towards the door. Lillian had it all wrong. When you were with Chris, it was like you were the only thing in the universe that mattered to him, and he was the only thing that mattered to you. At least that's how it felt to her. It was wonderful. The sprite paced down his chest and out onto the ripples of the dragon's abdomen, putting a hitch in her hips for his benefit as she felt his big, reptilian eyes following her shapely, naked butt. She turned, pausing to put her words together. I can sense you, obviously from quite a distance now that I know what's pulling me. It's even stronger here in the ether. Just look at you. He glows. Annabelle agreed, snuggling closer against his side her head resting on his shoulder. He stroked a hand through her hair just the way she liked, resting it on her scalp every now and then and scratching oh so lightly. Yes. But he sticks out like a sore wing. It displays too much power. Anyone who wants to find you wouldn't have a hard time with the help of even an acolyte sizer or anyone in tune with the flows of the ether. Roddick. Chris murmured, making Imian's warm footing vibrate like a gentle massage. Exactly. A being as dark and powerful as you've described him doesn't simply let you get away. If not him then someone else, eventually, will be looking for you. We must all be ready to fight back. Imian said as she paced back up his cream-colored sternum, adjacent to her mistress's face where that delightful little tattoo was lurking behind an ear, eager to play. Even you, little Emmy? Chris asked with a grin. Emmy whirled on him, grabbing hold of his chin and leaning up to look into his eyes. Yes, of course me. Just because I'm small you big beings disregard. Ugh. Chris interrupted her with his dexterous, forked tongue, skimming her tummy and tiny breasts. MMHHH, don't stop, master. She leaned closer across his lips so he could mouth her entire torso while his tongue slipped past her tiny bush, between her moist, warm thighs, giving her some wonderful stimulation. We sprites, HHHRRM, are quite, yes, keep going, formidable. She reached all the way up, 
pulling at small handfuls of his purple hair, gyrating enthusiastically on his hot tongue as it smothered her slickening, greedy, little womanhood. However, it seemed he was only playing with her as he moved it back up to her tummy and blew her a little raspberry. She giggled and retreated. My fearsome little warrior, defeated with a few licks. Chris chuckled after bringing his tongue back to sample her delightfully addictive flavor. He blew cool air across her damp skin, making her shiver. Tease! The sprite accused, backing away to find a spot across his chest to lie down, kicking her legs up behind her as she rolled around a little and found herself face to face with Annabelle. The sprite reached out an arm and touched her nose affectionately. Back to the serious stuff, and no more distractions, dragon. How am I supposed to help educate you two when you divert me like that? I've got enough problems with my attention span as it is. Okay, okay, Emmy. Annabelle soothed. Continue, please, I'll keep him in line. Well, as I was saying, it's important to learn to reduce your presence, not only for safety's sake but because it is a helpful exercise in the basic manipulation of energy. When using magic, you draw energy to the surface from your magical center. Then you mold that energy into your desired outcome using images, intentions, incantations, or objects. When you release that energy, your magic takes form. Emmy paused to look up. The dragon's head was propped on some comfy-looking pillows so he could watch her, which he was doing intently. Her little heart fluttered excitedly at having his eyes on her. To hide yourself. The sprite continued. You essentially do the opposite. Focusing on the energy contained inside of you, force it down deeper, into a calm, quiet place. Then you must try to tame it and relax. It will be hard at first, but the more you practice, the easier it will be for you to access your magic at any time. This is an excellent exercise for beginners. So it's like stretching or yoga? Annabelle asked. What's y.o.g.a? Emmy spelled out. Hee hee, never mind, Emmy. Chris said. Annabelle means an exercise which doesn't necessarily make you better towards a specific goal, but will improve your all-around strength, flexibility, and fitness. Then yes, it's like that. The sprite chirped. But I don't even feel anything when Bartholomew uses magic. There's no warning, he just does it. He is responsive and intelligent, no? Imianth lectured, waving a hand at the boisterous tattoo as it played across Annabelle's hand which rested close to the sprite on the dragon's finely scaled chest. Annabelle nodded with a smile as her little dragon turned to look up at her, hopeful for approval. Then you must learn to communicate with him and embrace the magic of this wonderful enchantment, so that you are one being. Annabelle's breath hitched at Emmy's use of the word. Could she be a being? Perhaps not in the true sense of the word but that wouldn't matter to her so much. She could be something more than human. Something relevant, someone to stand beside a dragon and meet all challenges. Chris's lips and nose touched down gently in her brown hair as if he'd sensed her thoughts, extracting a happy coup from her as he snuffled into her scalp reassuringly. She looked down at her hand where it rested beside the sprite and made a plea in her mind to her little dragon. Will you help me, Bartholomew? This is so crazy, I'm talking to a magic tattoo but they say you're alive, that you can change and grow. Together we could. Can we grow into something meaningful, someone who can make a difference? I want to stay with him forever but... Please, will you help me? He stared directly back at her. It was so intense that she felt sure he was weighing a decision very carefully. Suddenly he broke his stillness with a tiny head bob and a puff of smoke. Annabelle gasped audibly as she felt a jolt travel her entire body. Heath leapt up her wrist from the tattoo, streaking painfully towards her chest, taking hold and throbbing. It intensified quickly to almost unbearable levels but thankfully the worst passed quickly. She squirmed uncomfortably as slowly, the feeling eased, the heat cooling. Annabelle, what's wrong? Chris asked. He, he's. I can feel something, a spark in my chest. Annabelle took a deep breath to calm her racing heart. I asked him to help me. I, I think he's somehow merged more deeply with me. Whoa. Chris murmured as Bartholomew obviously nodded in agreement. He looked a little tired from the whole ordeal. Chris reached across with his free hand to stroke Annabelle's skin where he was curling up to rest. Thank you, Bartholomew. Thank you. Annabelle echoed at him in her mind that he merely ruffled his little purple wings and wrapped his tail up and around her wrist. She felt the spark, for she didn't know how else to describe it, calm and pulsate gently as he fell asleep. He is a truly remarkable enchantment. Imianth agreed. Perhaps you two will be more in harmony. I hope so. Annabelle said before turning her head to steal a soft kiss from her lover. Do you want to practice yourself, Chris? 
Imi asked. Um, sure, but you're going to have to guide me through it. Chris was a bit apprehensive. The magic he'd pulled off so far had mostly come from the dragon, not his own impetus. Of course, master. Just do as I've said, feel for your energy as if you're about to cast. Focus on it, only a little though, please. We don't want to blow a hole in the wall if you cannot concentrate. Chris looked askance at the sprite but felt inside himself for that energy which lurked just below his normal human consciousness. He pulled at it gently. It was much slower than when the dragon was actively guiding him, but he could feel it begin to focus in his solar plexus. Good, Chris, good. Emmy encouraged him, feeling the magic coming to the surface right underneath her. Can you hold it there? Chris nodded, but it was becoming uncomfortable. It was obvious the magic wanted an outlet. Once called upon, it was eager to find its new form, embrace its release. Okay, now try to push it downward deeper. Contain it, try to calm it and relax yourself. Saying that was all well and good, Chris thought, but it was a completely different kettle of fish to put it into practice when he'd never done anything like this before. He didn't want to try to talk and lose his concentration, but his efforts to push the stubborn orb down inside himself weren't working. Frustrated, he tried making a mental shove at the imagined ball that IT only hummed louder, like an angry wasp. Relax, Chris, don't force it. Emmy soothed as Annabelle stroked a comforting hand across his skin. He was really trying, but the energy was getting more aggravated as he stressed. He took a deep breath through his nose and swallowed anxiously, resetting his efforts. To his relief, the ball shifted. He gulped again and tried to apply gentle pressure, pushing his own essence and magic deeper within himself. It was working. Ever so slowly the orb descended past the prostrate sprite, into his belly. The further it went, the easier it became, and as he realized it was going to work he relaxed even further until the ball came to a soft barrier right by his belly button. He felt it notch into place of its own accord, sinking into a dormant, or hidden state. He finally understood how the process could conceal one's power and aura, for the energy in his belly seemed far smaller to what he had been struggling with in his chest just moments ago. It still vibrated lazily every few moments, but it wasn't a struggle to hold. Nice work. Amy praised as Annabelle looked up to find her dragon smiling nervously. The hard part is over but the mastery is in the art of holding, not pushing it down inside you. The trick is to become used to the sensation so that you don't have to think about keeping it there. The more of yourself you try to hide, the harder it is to hold and conceal. Do beings just go around like this all the time? Annabelle asked. Some, replied the sprite. But it is not as easy to maintain when distractions are present. Engaging in conversation or even walking down the street might be too much for most beings. In our world though, it is always wise to hold something in reserve. Isn't it a bit dishonest? I mean going around pretending to be weaker than you are? Annabelle didn't like the idea that any being they met could be far from what they appeared to be on the surface. On the contrary, it helps to keep everyone honest, Emmy said. If you don't know for sure who you're dealing with, it's best to be polite and careful. But don't worry about it too much, most beings don't bother. For someone like our dragon though, it could be important. Besides, I'm running this lesson and it's a good place to start. It's always good to have an ace up. Chris started but spluttered and coughed heavily as the energy he'd been holding spotted a chance to make a break for its freedom at lower entropy. Smoke billowed from his mouth as he coughed, carrying tiny purple and yellow embers upwards as both Emmy and Annabelle started backwards. It surged back up through his body, some escaping in where it found the opportunity, but most settling back in his solar plexus where it was more stable. Chris watched his efforts go up in smoke, literally, and realized that Emmy had been right. It was hard to maintain the concentration required to keep the energy in check, contained where it didn't want to be. He would have to work at it so it was automatic not requiring his attention every second. He swallowed then burped out a final little mushroom cloud of soot before looking apologetically towards his audience. Annabelle was smiling brightly at him. You're such a doofus sometimes. It's harder than it sounds. He defended with a toothy grin. Yes. And you did well for your first time. Emianth added. Thank you, Emmy. He reached to stroke a finger down her back. I really appreciate you helping us. It's the least I can do, master. She crooned underneath his touch. I think it's time we actually got some sleep though. Tomorrow might be a bit, well, it's certainly a daunting prospect. Chris wasn't entirely sure how he felt about meeting the two dragonesses. He was certainly nervous though. To be honest, he wasn't sure he would get to sleep easily at all. It will be fine, babe. Annabelle soothed. 
Thanks, D. Should we go back now? She nodded and he began pulling her with him as the colors and textures around them became whole again. The light changed quality quickly, now a soft yellow from the lamp in their room. The air felt thicker and he breathed deeply the rich senses sensitive reptilian tongue and nose had been unconsciously missing in the ether. Dominating his senses was his first lovely smell, which he savored as he pulled her close and settled them down into the bed. The sprite merged back of her own accord a few moments later and seemed happy enough with her position on his chest. He ruffled his wings a little underneath himself and pulled the sheet across them all, enjoying the soft breeze it created at it settled and the light caress of fabric on his skin. With his other arm he reached for the bedside lamp, submerging them in darkness. The burn on his back was barely a dull throb now, causing enough discomfort to keep his tired body awake for only a few more moments as Annabelle's breathing deepened and Emmy settled herself down. Master? Came the sprite's whisper after several minutes of stillness. Yes, little one? The dragon murmured back. I'm glad I found you. So am I. His hand settled gently on her delicate form, and she wrapped her arms possessively around his index finger, giving it a tiny kiss as they all eventually drifted into a peaceful, deep, sleep. Asterisk, 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 Chris enjoyed the ruffle of wind in his hair as he drove with the window cracked out he liked driving, hadn't had much of a chance lately though. It was a nice day for it, sunny and not too hot. They were about thirty minutes out of Laramie now, having just crossed the state line. The drive had been quiet. Lillian usually wasn't much of a talker, Annabelle seemed preoccupied and Susan either didn't like the sprite or didn't like how quickly she'd been accepted into their lives. He couldn't be sure. Admittedly, he should be more cautious about letting the tiny woman in, he'd have to talk with his mother about it later. Regardless, he trusted his dragon's instinct when it came to the tiny woman who was now sitting in his lap as he drove down the deserted highway. The sprite was in love with modern music from the moment Annabelle had turned on the radio in Susan's Subaru, dancing around the car, barely bothering to stay below the vision of other drivers. Her activity Along with the early afternoon sun had finally worn her out and she'd fallen asleep up against him after begging unashamedly for a morsel of food. The warm air tickled his nostrils as he concentrated on the road, attempting to keep his mind away from the upcoming meeting. Sense of the surrounding countryside and road reminded him of his childhood and helped keep him calm. This was nice, he thought. If it weren't for the sordid reason for the trip, it would almost seem like they were a normal family. Okay, maybe not. The roles were a bit wrong. But who cared anyway? He was about to be mated to a young dragoness, the youngest dragon alive except for himself. On top of that, if he hit it off with her mother, all the better, according to Elizabeth Guthrie. It was exciting. His dragon was chomping at the bit just to send her, a nice little female, one of his own species. Not to mention how he felt about beginning the rigorous process of impregnating her as soon as possible. On the other hand, Chris was terrified. What if she rejected him, just like she had the other six males? What then? Did that mean he wasn't good enough? He knew he had to try, understanding that their species was on the brink of extinction. Sure, in the moment he would probably enjoy it but it felt very staged and unnatural to his human mind. Lillian's intel had described Claire Godran as a fiery young woman, quick-witted and tempered, passionate, and perhaps a little spoilt. By all accounts her personality matched her aspect. Petra, her mother, was several hundred years older and much more level-headed, a fierce protector of her adult daughter. They were currently under protection in the Western Territory, living outside the hub city of Los Angeles, in San Diego. Petra had called again from the road that morning, expecting to arrive around five that afternoon at the latest. Apparently both women were excited to meet him too but it didn't help to know that. Chris had one hell of a bunch of butterflies brewing in his tummy now that his mind had wandered back to them. So he distracted himself with driving the five of them home to Laramie, to see Jethry, and perhaps attempt to save his species. Asterisk 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 the little dairy ranch seemed unchanged, there was no reason it would have, but it felt like he transformed so much since he'd left that he thought it might be different too. It seemed months ago he'd left this place but really it was a matter of days or weeks. The old war cat was on his porch waiting for them and as soon as he parked, Chris was on his way to give his friend a sound hug. It's good to see you boy. You've grown some. Remarked the war cat, sizing him up as they broke away. Yeah, something's changed when I came back to my human form. I gained a couple of inches among other things. I'm much stronger now too, even when I'm human. Good. Jethry chuckled. I've got some work for you to do before your guests arrive. I hired that Simmons kid from down the road to fill in for you but he's a human, doesn't have your stamina. I'd have done it myself you see, 
It's just my back's been acting up, you know. Chris eyed him suspiciously. Sure, Jethry was old for a human, but he wasn't a human. It wouldn't be beneath him to play up an injury to get Chris to do some heavy chores he didn't want to do himself. He'd done it before. All right, old man, at least you're smart enough to admit you're not up to doing everything around here. We wouldn't want you to hurt yourself. Chris quipped back. Jethry almost rose to the bait, but simply smiled graciously and went to greet the others. Wounded pride was better than lifting heavy objects. Susan, my dear, you look even more beautiful. Jethry practically bellowed as he strode past Chris, making her blush a little as they met on the gravel driveway, giving her a warm hug. Chris' scent was all over her though, and he stepped back to look her in the eye. You too, yes, Jethry, we're together now. Susan replied a little nervously. Good for you. I backed you to resist him for about a month, maybe two, but it appears I've greatly overestimated your self-restraint and sense of decency. His Cheshire grin gave away his game completely, though. Oh, shut up. Susan laughed, batting him playfully. She was really happy to see him again, still the same old Jethry. Ah, and let's not forget the loveliest girl in Laramie, the spring flower, Annabelle. Jethry purred, ever the charmer. My dear, is he treating you well? You know if you have a falling out, I've got two perfectly good shoulders to cry on. I'm great, Jethry, thanks. It's good to see you again. Annabelle replied happily but with a new appreciation for the elderly work at. Jethry's got a bad back, Annabelle. If we ever break up you should probably look for more stable shoulders to lean on. Chris added, drawing a playful hiss and chuckle from him. Young people these days, no respect. Jethry muttered, playing his age to the limit. Am I right, vampire? Indeed, Lillian said from indisability, leaning against the car and assessing her surroundings. It's nice to meet you in person. I've heard a few old stories about you I'd find hard to believe. Back at you, my dear. How about we reminisce later on tonight so I can ogle your assets? I hear they're legendary. They are. Annabelle laughed. It was true, Lillian's body and especially her bust was world-class, if you got a chance to see them. Lillian was just thankful her blush was currently invisible too. You can come out too, little one. I don't bite much. Jethry turned back to the car. Immy, peeked around the door and fluttered up to Chris's shoulder. Hello, kitty. She squeaked. You're cute, so I'll let you get away with that growled the workcat with no real menace. This is Imianth, Imi for short. Chris introduced. Uh, hun, and how did you two meet? I can see she's already quite dragonstruck. We found her in the ether. Annabelle explained. She was being attacked by a wraith and Chris healed her. I took the opportunity to bind myself to him, and now he's my master. Imi said. Imi, call me Chris. Remember? Chris coaxed with an embarrassed glance at the workcat. Jethry could only shake his head. You're unbelievable boy, you leave for barely two weeks and come back with all these beautiful women hanging from your arms, fetching to add another two while you're here. Um, yeah? Chris' embarrassment was rising. Good work, son! Jethry clapped the startled dragon on the back. Well go on, all of you. I've got a roast to prepare for tonight's dinner. I'll be over a bit later to throw it in your oven, Susan. They unpacked the car and spent the rest of the afternoon mostly relaxing. Susan checked all her precious plants and found that Jethry had actually been doing exactly as she'd instructed. They were still flourishing, if slightly overgrown. Lillian, Annabelle, Immy, and Jethry played a couple of rounds of cards while Chris did some chores, Mosty restacking some hay bales which had fallen off the pile and splitting a stack of particularly knotty pieces of wood which Jethry had given up on. It was actually enjoyable to be back doing things he felt so familiar with, it took his mind off the dragons he was about to meet. His newfound strength lent a comfortable easiness to the tasks he had already acquired the finesse for as a human. Meanwhile at cards, Lillian used her telekinesis to hold her cards in front of her chair whilst floating very stealthily around to look her opponent's hands confounding Jethry and Annabelle greatly until she took pity and admitted her deception to cries of supreme outrage and laughter. The time passed much too quickly for Chris. Five o'clock had just come and gone, and he was nervously sitting at the kitchen bar. Annabelle came and hugged him close, kissing him desperately, successfully conveying all her angst, which made him feel even worse. The tension was palpable and Jethry excused himself, tactfully realizing he probably shouldn't be there, at least in the beginning. Susan was busying herself in the kitchen needlessly and Lillian was sat on a couch, visible now that the sun was low enough not to penetrate into the house. Immy was perched next to her, the least affected. She was looking forward to watching the dragons meet and mate. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. 
How much longer? Claire whined. It's not far now, dear, Petra said patiently from the driver's seat of their SUV. But why do we have to come all the way out here? There's nothing out here. She gestured out into the flat alpine farmland. It really did look quite barren. Your potential mate is out here, that's why, Petra said, a little snappily. She was on edge herself and although she could understand her daughter's nervousness, the constant questions about him and how long the drive would take were wearing her down. She sighed. Sorry baby, I know you're nervous but I am too. It can't be more than a few minutes now. Oh God, Mom. What if he doesn't like me? What if he isn't right for me? Claire worried aloud, fidgeting in her seat and twisting a strand of her red hair between her fingers. Sure, it's okay, Claire Bear. There's nothing not to like and as for the second part, you can't do anything about it if you two don't match. Just promise me one thing? What? Just be nice to him, please. Don't be mean, he's only been fully awakened for a few weeks. If he isn't right for you just say so and be polite. I'll tan your ass if you put him off of dragons for good, so will Elizabeth. In the past, Claire had sometimes been quite rude to her other potential mates when their advances weren't accepted. She hadn't clicked with any of the six males and sometimes she'd let them know. This was her daughter's last chance to find a mate until another male was born. It could be hundreds of years. She prayed to her aspect, the wind, that her daughter would find happiness with this young male. That possibly she could too. Okay, I'll try. I know I've only got one shot at this. Claire straightened her spaghetti strap tank top nervously against her toned tummy. She brushed lower to pull her blue, pleated mini skirt down a little. Would she finally have a worthy male to hold her down and take her? Her dragon was eager inside her. She'd been lonely for so long. Her biological clock was ticking, demanding she find a mate. However, she wouldn't settle for anything second rate. He had to be the best to tame her fire. Apparently, he was a class one. That was intimidating. Claire herself was a low class two whilst her mom was mid to high in the same category. A class one was so much more powerful, exponentially so. Doubt swept through her again. What if she hadn't worn the right clothes? She tried to go for a look that would entice him, something he'd associate with someone his age. Even though she was about 45 years older, she probably looked like she just hit 21. Qualms flooded her nervous mind. Her outfit was way too showy, practically slutty. What if she liked him but he didn't like her? What if they did mate? She'd never done anything with a man, her dragon rejecting any advances. Do we have time to stop so I can change? Petra looked over at her daughter curiously then chuckled. She must really be a nervous wreck. No baby, he isn't going to care what you're wearing, which is very provocative by the way. He's going to care about what's underneath your clothes. How you look, how you smell, how you taste, how you feel to his dragon. Claire wished she could have her mother's exterior cool confidence. She was so beautiful with her platinum blonde hair and perfect full curves, looking so pretty in jeans and a tight little blazer without even trying. Sure, some guys drooled for her own body type, less curvy but toned and slim. Perky and tight, athletic. Her red hair and fine complexion was apparently also big plus too but right then, Claire would have swapped it all for just a little more confidence and experience to dispel the snakes writhing around inside her stomach. Still, there was no denying, it was exciting. Terrifying but exciting. She might finally have sex. To feel fulfilled after an orgasm rather than unsatisfied and cranky like her masturbation sometimes left her. Mom, if we do, you know. What do I do? I'm sure you're familiar with the biology. It'll come naturally, dear, don't worry. Just let him take the lead and I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Let him know what you want if he isn't already doing it. Petra was a little distracted. The GPS indicated that they were right on top of their destination. Only there wasn't a house in sight, just a long dirt road leading off around a small hill. She slowed all the way down as they approached. There was nothing else. This must be it. Here? Claire had expected something more flashy for a dragon. Their house in San Diego was huge, a veritable mansion with luscious gardens behind high walls with big gates. Elizabeth mentioned he grew up on a ranch. Petra said, turning into the driveway and building up a little speed. She didn't want to go too fast in their SUV, though. The road was quite narrow and bumpy. If he's a hick, I'm gone. Claire joked to ease her mounting tension. It was almost palpable in the air now. That's not nice. Petra chided gently. It was a joke, Mom. Hey, do you feel that? It's, Claire couldn't really describe the feeling. There was something potently magical nearby, though. A being or spell. It made the back of her neck tingle. 
That's him, Claire. No way. I can't even see him. He's a class one, high in the category if I'm not mistaken. Explained Petra soothingly, she didn't want her daughter freaking out now. The male's presence was huge though, so strong, it called to her dragon and Petra could only assume it was doing the same to her daughter. I can feel him. Claire breathed. Her dragon was basking in his aura as they got closer and closer. She'd never felt this with any of the others, it was almost overwhelming that a barn came into view, followed by two houses and a parking area with a station wagon and an ancient but obviously well-cared-for pickup. Petra pulled up and took a moment to feel out the male's presence. Elizabeth was right, he was the strongest she could remember feeling, and he was only two weeks old as a dragon. She looked over at her daughter, her eyes were closed, and her chest was heaving. Let's go, Claire, this is it. Petra opened her door as Claire did, hearing the front door of the nearest house open. She met Claire at the back of the SUV but they both stopped in their tracks as a faint scent wafted across their sensitive noses. It was smoky and rich, spicy, and oh so masculine. Petra felt her mouth water and her nostrils instantly flare. Jesus he must be a big one, she thought to herself as she went to nudge her petrified daughter forwards. However, a new scent blossomed from her daughter then, a ripe, sweet, earthy smell. Strawberries. Claire's mating pheromones smelt of the ripest, sun-hot strawberries. Oh baby, already? Petra asked, releasing her pheromones indicated that her daughter wanted to mate badly that she accepted the mail. Claire simply nodded. You don't want to see him first? To meet him? I don't need to, Claire thought, shaking her head, beyond words at the moment because her dragon was dragging her towards him. She smiled briefly at her concerned mother, turned and stormed up the stairs to the front porch. Completely ignoring the witch at the door, pushing inside to find her destiny, Petra jumped into action, quickly following her headstrong daughter before she got into trouble. Sorry. She apologized to the witch. I'm Petra, that was Claire. She's a bit high-strung at the moment. No problem. It's nice to meet you. I'm Susan, Chris's broodmate and surrogate mother. Susan replied, extending her hand towards the dragoness for a brief handshake. Should we go check on them? I think that's a good idea. Chris could hardly believe his eyes. The redhead advancing on him was absolutely gorgeous. Slim and just a little shorter than Annabelle's five feet eight inches. You could tell she was an athlete, the way her midriff had perfect muscle definition with pale, silky skin over the top. Her red tank top clung to her and swelled around her breasts. Speaking of which, already he wanted to squeeze and nibble them until she screamed for mercy. Her waist tapered ridiculously, and although her hips were a little narrower than Annabelle's, instinct told him her ass would be superb in tone too. When he finally forced his eyes track back to her face, she was right in front of him where he sat on the high kitchen stool, a severe frown marring her pretty features. Her definition was superb, high cheekbones made her look a little elf-like, but she had a fuller jaw than most elves, and plush. Full lips. Her long eyelashes stood out to him as being exceptionally beautiful, tinged with her natural lighter coloring, they were downright seductive. Stunning russet hair fell to below her shoulders flowing slightly wavily and framing her angry face perfectly. He didn't know what she was mad about but thought it made her even cuter. His dragon was bouncing around inside him, finally forcing him to focus on the information his nose was pumping desperately to his brain, trying to get through the intense visual stimulus. She was ready, she wanted him, she wanted to mate. Saliva instantly filled his mouth and his canines ached, just waiting to pierce her and inject his itch. She smelled like warm earth and hot summer. There was something else though, something delicious which made her stand out from the scent he remembered from Elizabeth. Strawberries. It was so thick he could almost swallow it, drink it from the air. She stood barely more than two feet away with her hands on her hips and a scowl on her face as Susan and the other dragon entered and closed the door. He paid them no attention. Everyone was silent for a few more milliseconds before Chris' human mind clicked back into gear, wrenching some control back from the overstimulated dragon. Annabelle was still at his side staring at the sexy redhead whilst clinging to his arm. Daring to take his eyes off the haughty dragoness for a second, he disengaged his fiancée's grip gave her a quick kiss at her temple and brushed some hair away behind her ear. She gave him a searching look, he could tell she was feeling vulnerable but she gave him a tiny smile anyway. It hurt him to do it but he gave her a gentle push backwards so she was behind him and looked meaningfully over at Lillian. The vampire silently got up and pulled Annabelle away, leading the poor girl up to his room. Downstairs, the room was filled with palpable tension. He turned his full attention back to the woman presenting herself to him. I'm Chris. It's Hist.
Claire's dragon spat as it surged forwards powerfully, finally getting some recognition from their mate. Animal instinct taking over completely as she began a flash transformation. It was all she could do to stop herself from going into her complete dragon from. Her mother had forbade her from that. His inactivity was infuriating. Didn't he know what her smell meant? Why wasn't he inside her already? Her red wings erupted from her shoulder blades and started growing as tiny ruby scales zipped across her skin, lightning to pure white across her front. Her nose flattened and her teeth sharpened. Little canine fallets extended in her mouth as the deep red color spread across her beautiful face. Her pupils lengthened vertically, irises blazing red with golden models as the transformation completed in matter of seconds. Tatters of cloth were torn from her glorious body with sharp white talons, bearing herself before her mate. He stood still in astonishment, which she took for indecision, hissing and spitting at him, daring him to resist her beauty. The male did nothing. What did that mean? Hurt, anger, and shame welled up inside her chest at his rejection. Her dragon pulled a clawed fist back to strike at him in retaliation but suddenly he was before her, pressing close and towering above her with an already purple hand gripped tight around her throat. Oh dear. Manners Claire. Petra muttered in the background but was unheard by the lusty dragons. They were in their own sphere of existence now. Do we need to stop them? Asked Susan, worried as her son practically choked the smaller female. Not on your life. Breathed the other mother, pride and happiness filling her. Her daughter had found her mate. Chris's dragon was in control. It had heard its mate's call and leapt to respond. It was going to take this petulant little female for his own and lovingly ruin her. He changed in record time. Purple ether fire flashed across his skin as he transformed. It incinerated his clothes in a smokeless flash, an ostentatious display of power. He felt his transformation complete as his wings fleshed out and settled into place, almost touching the ceiling above his head while the tips brushed his ass. The female in his grip whimpered up at him, he barred his fangs and snarled right back, trailing off into a lust-filled, deep purr. She struggled weakly as his snout lowered to nuzzle behind her ear in her long red locks, tickling and scenting her deeply. He pushed closer but she withdrew, playing at reluctance now that she had his attention. As a result, he crowded her roughly back a few paces into the wall, making Susan jump away with a squeak. A huge erection rubbed against her pale tummy between the little indents of her abs, already wetting her with pre-cum. The dragon placed his snout against hers for a moment, sharing breath as their eyes dueled. Yes, she would make a fine mate. She was truly stunning, full of youth, pride, and heat. He would tame her soon though. She had some fight left in her, some challenge in her eyes that he couldn't abide. He turned her head and licked her neck gently, removing his hold. The female quieted then, instinctively knowing what he was about to do. His fangs absolutely throbbed now, dripping something sweet yet bitter into his mouth. Without further hesitation, he sunk them deeply into her delicately scaled flesh, infusing his addictive itch directly into her bloodstream, into her being. Claire screamed. A bestial, primal roar that trailed off to a wail of pleasure. It was official now, they were mated. She wouldn't take another so long as his itch coursed her veins. It was heady, spreading through her body like slow fire, like gradually immersing in slightly too hot water. She was aroused and ready before, now there was a need so powerful and deep inside her it drove to point of desperation. Her entire body undulated as several deep ripples dominated her body. Her puffy nethers flooded with her own stimulating juices. He would never go soft inside her no matter how long they made it, at least until she let him. Best of all, she felt the potent magic in his venom pool and slosh in her womb, forming a warm sphere, unlocking her fertility and readying her for his seed, engorging her uterus. Finally he retracted his fangs from her sensitive, flushed flesh, moving up with little nips and kisses until they locked eyes for a moment, and crushed their lips together. Four tongues met around fong and tooth, tasting each other with a hunger usually reserved for starvation. Indeed, to Claire it felt as if she had been starving her whole life, only now finding delicious sustenance in the way he smelt, tasted, and felt as she wrapped her arms around her mate and clung for dear life. Several minutes later, Chris finally broke away from her soft lips with a groan, pulling his head back to remove the temptation of her addictive kiss. It was strange for him to see her draconian features but his dragon loved it. She was so pretty as he stroked her flanks and rubbed his hardness against her soft skin. Claire protested with a moan as he drew away, gripping his sides possessively and looking up to see a short-breathed smile plastered across his face. She wanted to see that loving, happy look on his face whenever she could. Pressing her sweaty forehead into his firm, creamy chest and looking down between them, 
she saw what she'd been feeling for the last few minutes. His beautiful cock rubbing slickly against her abdomen, now slippery with his excitement. It looked so proud and angry with its large flaring crown, the girth and length of his shaft, the lattice of veins she could trace under the supple skin and the heat pouring off it. She felt no apprehension at his formidable size. She was designed to envelop him, to hold and trap him, to coax him. Her confident hand reached down to cradle him even as she looked back up into his purple and golden eyes, flashing her own satisfied smile at her mate. I'm Chris. He introduced for a second time. Perhaps words weren't necessary at that point but his human side felt he should say something. He reached to brush her ruby cheek with his purple thumb, perhaps portraying his feelings better with a touch. I know. Claire. She replied throatily as her hand ghosted up and down his length slowly, her claw tips feathering his glands very carefully. With his itch in her veins, their mating was a sure thing but his delays were still agonizing. There would be time to talk and get to know each other after the animalistic sex. Aya. Uh, I'm honored that you feel so strongly about being my mate. You're so beautiful but it's not just that, my dragon is calling out for you. He thinks, we think you're perfect. Chris tried to explain the depth of his instincts even as her hand sought to undo him. Yes. She whispered back, leaning into his touch. I feel it too but please I need you. Your itch, I need you inside me. Please. He replied with a kiss to her forehead, taking her hand and pulling her gently towards the living room. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. What do we do now? Susan asked a little breathlessly. The intensity of what she just witnessed left her flushed and hot. Mind you, just her naked son in his half-dragon form would have left her in a similar state. Watching the two dragons together was something else though, intense and erotic. They're beautiful together, I want to watch them. Emmy squeaked as she came to flutter by the two mothers, she'd been rubbing herself furiously as they kissed and fondled. Petra was startled by the appearance of the blue sprite, rare sub-being indeed, it seemed like he had already started to attract admirers. Although, they couldn't really be blamed. She wanted to watch them too. No, what she really wanted was for it to be her he led away to ravage. It was a struggle to drive those instincts back, she needed to give her daughter time to settle with her mate before approaching the magnificent young male herself. She still couldn't believe how potent his presence was, how large and powerful his half-form became, dwarfing both her and her daughter. The scent which clung to him was very enticing and his unique purple coloring was testament to his aspect, making an appealing blend with his cream-colored belly. Her dragon approved wholeheartedly. Imagined images flashed through her mind, forcing a shiver to sweep up her body, him lying behind and inside her as his fangs sank into her shoulder, and she cried out in ecstasy. Him holding her still and thrusting, using her savagely, pulling herself out of the heated fantasy, Petra found both the witch and the sprite looking expectantly. She knew what they wanted and an all-too-lecherous grin grew on her lips. It can't hurt to make sure there aren't any problems, at least at the start. The sprite gave a little whoop and flew off after the pair. Susan and Petra followed more sedately but no less enthusiastically. Susan touched the dragon's elbow to turn her as a thought crossed her mind. You're not going to, you know, as well as her? Petra recognized the mother's concern in the witch's eyes. It struck a chord with her. I dearly want to but I'll try to wait until they're settled and comfortable. This is all for her. I've already know the joy of a mate. I'd be more than blessed if your son accepts me as well. Thank you. I worry about him, not just selfishly. He already has Annabelle and I. I don't want to see him pulled in so many directions by us that he breaks. The dragoness nodded thoughtfully, realizing the witch's concern was based on human experiences. A dragon's love is infinite. She began thoughtfully. He treasures his brood both as a whole and as individuals. He may love many women, but when you're with him, you'll be his entire world. My daughter won't make him love you any less, his heart will grow so that it may love you both. That struck Susan as a rather profound explanation of a dragon's brood. She nodded and continued to the living room archway, pausing with Petra by her side, ready to watch her son's love grow. Asterisk 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 privacy was out of the question as Chris felt eyes upon them, to be honest he didn't care about that. Instead he thought the couch might be more comfortable for Claire than the floor. As it turned out, she chose a mixture of both, nodding her approval and sinking to her knees beside him. She gave the side of his painfully hard shaft a few fleeting kisses before turning away from him and arching her rear, spreading her legs a little and angling herself from mounting. Her wings fluttered in excitement, the white tips of her claws resting just above her offered butt. Chris was tempted by her offer but felt their first time should be more intimate, face to face at least, 
He could explore her like this for a little while though. He fell to his knees behind her, running his hands over her smallish but sculpted round ass and getting his first look at her perfect little pussy. The almost pure white of her belly coloring extended to her labia, currently plush and full of excitement, spread slightly to reveal deep pink and the squishy frill of her tight inner lips. Her whole hairless mound was slick and glistening in the late afternoon light barely coming through the windows. He couldn't help it. His snout automatically honed in on her pungent snatch, thick with her fruity pheromones. He sniffed tentatively, looking up over her back to see her watching, impatient yet indulgent. Focusing back on her center, he realized that she looked quite small. He was going to have to be especially gentle with her. Please. She murmured again, wiggling her behind at him and buffeting his head gently with one of her wings. She could feel his breath on her aching sex and it was killing her. Sorry, I got carried away, you're beautiful. Chris replied before sinking his lips onto her, almost completely covering her and sucking gently. Claire shuddered and hissed at his hot touch, the pressure of his suction quickly followed by the slippery heat of his tongue delving into her, the first invader that wasn't a toy or her own fingers. It was wonderful. Chris's mouth tingled at her wonderful taste. The strawberries her pheromones promised him were faintly there, sweet, musky, and oh so wet and juicy. His penis flexed and jumped to painful hardness as her magical stimulants hit his tongue, he snorted loudly and gave her a final lick, brushing her tiny peeking button goodbye. Just moments later she felt cool air caress her again as he pulled away, she was almost disappointed until she remembered with the touch of his hands at her hips that he was going to fuck her. He tried to roll her onto her back but she resisted, extending her wings on either side to prop herself in place. No. Do it like we're supposed to. She demanded. The mating instinct coming from her dragon was so strong as she felt him give in to her desire and shuffle forwards, butting his hot, thick cock head against her and spreading her open, rubbing up and down against her sex wickedly, wetting himself thoroughly in preparation for stretching her tight opening. She reached underneath to hold him in place as he leaned down across her back, resting some of his weight on her just like she wanted. Her breasts were squashed into the leather couch, and she rubbed her chest back and forth for stimulation. His staggered breath was hot in her ear and his hands gripping her waist firmly as he paused for some sort of final approval. Don't be gentle. Her dragon crooned. You've won me. Now take me. Despite her baiting, Chris was going to try to be gentle. His cock had tingled maddeningly as her pussy wet him. He'd never been this hard in his life. He gave a gentle push, feeling her begin to stretch open but resist him firmly. She was moaning underneath him as he gave another harder push and felt her yield slowly before he reached some critical point and popped slickly into her heat. Oh fuck! He cried, holding himself still with just his head barely inside her. He couldn't believe how hot and tight she was on him. Already he could feel her walls shuddering and attempting to draw him further in. More! Claire roared. Give me all of it! She loved his hot, pulsing crown inside of her. Pleasure, tinged with a little pain shot up her nerves to her brain. He felt huge but her little snatch was up to the challenge, sopping wet and eager to capitulate before her mate. Her body was beginning to vibrate already. She felt him push gently again, sinking slowly deeper but not deep enough. That wasn't going to make a difference though. It felt too good. She was pushing backwards even as her body began to shake and buck. A hissing, strangled cry was partially smothered into the couch cushions before she bowed upwards and thrashed violently. Fuck! Oh fuck see, see, coming! She screamed as her orgasm pulled her under and tossed her about. His penis still thrust against her contractions, sinking even deeper as his fangs sunk into the back of her neck with a prick. Biting her, holding her, poisoning her with his itch. Her human mind lost control in ecstasy, leaving only her ecstatic dragon. It was all Chris could do to hold on to her. She was lean and supernaturally strong just as he was. Her joyous pussy felt like it wanted nothing else to do with him, attempting to push him out with its fierce spasms, trying to flush him away with a gush of her clear pungent essence. He had to push roughly into her to keep seated, gripping her bucking hips hard enough to leave bruises on a normal woman. His dragon told him to bite her again so he held her down, flattening her wings, and pumped more and more of his fertility-inducing venom right into her blood as she rode her orgasm. She kept groaning and twitching as she calmed, taking him a little deeper with each rhythmic clenching and opening of her hot channel. Claire was weak and heavy as she came back into her own. She wanted more, she needed his seed. Pleasure had overloaded her system, leaving her hot and gooey. He was inching deeper with his constant pressure and her little movements, parting her with his thick manhood. 
he suddenly swapped her hips for a firm grip on her forewings and was pulling her back onto his spear. It was an amazing feeling, ever closer and closer to that ball of energy she could feel in her womb. She took a few seconds to push some of her own magic towards that molten sphere, feeling their combined aspects meet and mate, just like they were doing. It made her shudder and experience a longer, gentle climax as her head dropped down and she panted into the cushions that it was so improbable, but she desperately wanted a child with this wonderful, attentive male who introduced her to pleasure previously beyond her wildest dreams. Finally her climax abetted and she turned her head. He released her neck and they shared a brief over-the-shoulder kiss as she felt him begin a gentle thrusting, pulling out a little before delving ever deeper. Hands dropped her wings and wormed underneath to caress the sides of her tits. She moved to give him full access, placing her hands over his, urging him to fondle and rub her excited, springy flesh. His slow strokes had her crying out in no time. Unth! Yes, good, so good. Harder! Please give me your seed. Chris finally felt a resistance against his tip as he pushed deeper to the end of her hot passage. He'd expected it sooner given how small and tight she seemed to be. It felt a little squishy and giving as he held himself still inside her, letting her get used to him for a moment, and getting a measure of how far it was safe to thrust. She wouldn't have it, she kept pushing backwards on him, butting her cervix against his overthick crown. From his experience with Susan and Annabelle, he held back against her eager pressure, not wanting to hurt her. He looked down between their bodies to find her lips splayed beautifully around him and a few inches still outside of her. She wasn't as deep as either of his previous lovers but that didn't matter. She felt absolutely amazing as he began to thrust again, picking up the pace a little, withdrawing his glistening length and steadily giving it back to her, filling her tight, hungry pussy over and over. It wasn't going to take him long as he started to give it to her a little harder each time, making her huff and pant. She was loving it. Despite the wonderful sensation of his fat shaft stuffing her, a frustrated moan left Claire's parted lips. She knew he had more so why was he still teasing her? He was so thick and hard inside her, stretching and rubbing her towards another climax already. Every stroke now he would just brush the giving ring of muscle that guarded her womb. She would push back when he came close but he never penetrated her fully like she needed, holding their bodies a little apart with greedy handfuls of her springy ass cheeks. As her pleasure built and built, she'd finally had enough of his stupid teasing. She had no intention of coming again without his hot sperm spewing directly into her womb. Stop teasing me you bastard, put it all the way in. She snapped over her shoulder at him. I can't, Claire, I don't want to hurt you. Chris panted back. He was trying to hold himself for her orgasm. He could feel her getting tense but it was going to be a close thing. She felt unbelievably warm and taut around his shaft, flexing her muscles to drive him wild. The pained look of restraint on his face jolted her to a realization. He didn't know. Oh baby. She huffed, fighting against her short breath. I'm not like regular girls. You need to go all the way. It won't hurt me. It was so sad he was raised away from his own species. He should know these things. His father should have had a chance to tell him. She would just have to give him a crash course. What? Are you sure? Yes. It's part of mating. Please hurry, I'm going to come. Disbelievingly, Chris slowed at depth, feeling the squishy barrier and pushing a little more forcefully against it. She moaned encouragement, arching her back and pushing against him. He let out a gasp as he felt it give a little, stretching more and more. Harder push past it. Go all the way. Please. She shouted, presenting such a beautiful sight with her scarlet hair flowing down across her back and wings, he gave in. Grasping a fistful of that hair at the base of her neck, he pulled her up against him, panting in her ear as he pushed hard and felt the ring of muscle slip tightly over his thickest part. Gra. Chris exhaled incredulously as his last few inches slipped steadily inside her. Her butt squished against his pelvis, and his cock head felt like it had just been transported to another dimension. A hot, very pleasurable dimension. That's fucking unbelievable. He growled into her ear as he held still, fully inside a woman for the first time since his transformation, enjoying the unique strangling heat on his crown. How is that even possible? Where is my cock right now? You're in my womb, sire. MMM, please keep fucking me. She encouraged him even as she sprung her delightful trap, her cervix tightening wickedly behind his glands. It was intensely pleasurable for Claire. She hadn't done this before, was acting on her mother's knowledge and her dragon's instinct. Her body shuddered as she closed behind him, a huge orgasm tremoring just beneath the surface. He was so deep inside her now, filling her completely, 
He wouldn't leave until she was ready. Holy shit. He breathed as he made a tiny experimental thrust. He could feel her pliant cervix tightly wrapped around his shaft, her vagina squeezing him rhythmically below, and his arrowhead crown nestled in her almost scalding uterus. His balls even pressed against her labia and clit. He was going to come. He tried to pull back and thrust but found himself unable to slip back through her cervix. It wouldn't go back over the flared ridge of his cockhead that he was trapped, being milked as she began to shudder and cry out. Gripping her hair tighter, he began giving her frantic, hard, short thrusts. Pulling back and fighting against her snare before shoving barely inches back deep inside her, all the while growling in her ear like a wild beast. This was it. This was what she needed. She was so full, taking all he had and reaping the pleasure, as his thick shaft whipped her insides into a flurry. She couldn't believe she'd done it. Yes. You're mine now, mate me, give it to me. Please. Breed me. Her cry trailed off barely ten of his little strokes into their locked mating as her orgasm hit. Her body seized in unadulterated bliss as she felt him thicken and pulse in reply. Oh God, come. Please come for me, Chris. She screamed as her eyes shut tight, her toes curled, her wings fluttered and flexed that he was surprisingly lucid as her body shook. It felt like she was trying to wring his dick out to dry with her pussy. Only it was completely pointless given how she was absolutely soaked, gushing tiny dribbles of joy out around his shaft. Her clutching heat was too good, too tight, and too wet for him to resist any longer. Pleasure throbbed through his dick as she came beautifully on him. He shivered, releasing control and letting her take him away. I'm with you, Claire. He whispered darkly in her ear as with a final thrust his abdomen almost cramped. His larger body hunched forward on top of her, his balls churned, his cock flexed and jumped. He felt molten sperm race up his shaft as if under volcanic pressure and growled in delight, erupting in a huge spurt, eyes shut tight as his face twisted in ecstasy. Pushing his cheek into her neck, he again sank his fang into her flesh. He came and came, feeling every thick pulse shoot wonderfully down his length. His dragon was giving her everything, powerful jets of hot semen delivered directly to her receptive womb. MMRNNN. So good. Chris, I can feel it. Claire moaned, savoring every spurt and acknowledging each with breathless little hitches. The climax never stopped. Her body was shocked into submission at the sheer quantity of magic he was giving her. This couldn't be normal. It was far too much, both his physical volume and the magic. It was wonderful though, she'd looked forward to this moment all her adult life, feeling her mate's magical essence squirt deep inside, the ball of energy in her womb churning, shuddering and tightening with his huge contribution. This revolutionary experience watered the seeds of a deep devotion already growing inside of her. She mightn't be his first, but she would be his fiercest advocate, his most zealous supporter, his most eager bitch, and of course his most fertile breeder. She would give herself completely, taking everything he had to give in return. He was still hard inside her, as he finally finished with a shudder and a moan. The stimulant in her juices, now coating his shaft and thighs saw to that. Her mate collapsed heavily on her back, pushing her into the couch. His head lolled to the side and his face came into view next to hers, his eyes were still closed in pleasure. She smiled wickedly as they panted into each other's mouths. This was exactly how she wanted him, his manhood trapped inside her, ready to give her more. Her knees hurt a little from the carpet, and he was pressing her wings into her back but she couldn't complain, a small price to have her mate seated in her core, giving her profound orgasms, and attempting to make her a mother. Chris opened an eye slowly as he recovered finding her looking at him across bare inches with a sexy smile displaying her smaller fondlets. He pressed in and kissed her, drawing out a happy coo. When he finally extracted himself from her hungry mouth, he was momentarily lost for words. His dragon mate was so beautiful in her freshly fucked state, the hooded eyes, the sweaty hair, the flare of the nostrils on her delicate ruby snout as she caught her breath. That was incredible, Claire. I don't know what to say. Thank you for choosing me. You're welcome, but Chris, believe me. I've been waiting for you for so long. A sharp-toothed smile made her features glow her eyes searching as she closed the small distance between them. They met for another languid kiss, capturing a gentler moment after their passionate first mating. You won't have to wait ever again. He spoke against her warm, crimson skin with tiny kisses. Thank you. She sniffed happily, her emotions almost overwhelming her. Not wanting to lie on her too long, he moved back to extract himself. However, he quickly found that she still held him hostage inside her. I'm not done with you yet. She coyly explained as she followed him, 
leaning up off the couch, humping back onto his hardness, drawing out a groan from her partner. Oh, really? He was currently oversensitive but would be happy to go again in a moment. Yeah, and I'm not going to let you go until I'm ready. I hope you're up to it, mate. She extended her wings backwards and hooked the tips around his firm but to pull him closer, reaching back at the same time with her hands to spread her cheeks and push him to full depth in a leisurely thrust. Chris groaned at the stimulation, taking hold of her forearms and holding her arms behind her back. He tried to pull out, testing the strength of her trap. He gasped as the sensation shot up from his compressed cockhead. It felt incredible and instead of stopping, he kept trying to pull out. Her squishy yet unyielding cervix felt amazing rubbing and stretching against his ultra-sensitive ridge. Stuffed full and feeling a wonderfully intense pressure against her sensitive ring of muscle, Claire enjoyed the sensation just as much as he did. Un! Baby, that feels so good. Stretch me all you want but you're not getting out. She cried, tensing her pleasured insides around his large shaft to prevent his escape. A sinful chuckle rose in his throat. She was magnificent. His hands released her arms to ghost up her toned tummy and cup her soft breasts, squeezing the pale flesh and teasing her candy-cherry-colored nipples. His lips found her ear, kissing and licking her into giggles before nibbling her cute little lobe as he began his slow, deep thrusting again. I wouldn't dream of it. He growled. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Chris lost track of how many times they made love, sometimes continuing right through their orgasms or taking brief breaks snuggling on top of each other on the couch. They explored each other's bodies as best they could with their constant joining. Chris especially liked how she seemed to love the underside of her tits nibbled and licked, and how her upturned eraser-like nipples seemed just a little too big and pointy for her small red areola. This was his mate, someday his child would suckle rich nourishment from these same teats. Eventually, they began speaking in more than moans and growls in these breaks, getting a feel of each other quickly and enjoying what they found. She explained their unique sexual biology in detail, with hands-on demonstrations. Her cervix, if it could truly be called that, was far more elastic, durable, and animated than a normal human woman's. At least it was when she was ready to mate. As well as the lower reaches of her womb, it was full of sensitive nerves, giving a huge amount of pleasure, as well as allowing her full control over its tautness. His distinctively flared glands with its exaggerated ridge acted as a barb, readily inserted but difficult to remove, requiring several minutes of concentrated relaxation on her part to loosen enough. She explained that male dragons were naturally well endowed to be able to pull off this feat and force a very snug fit. Although from her mother's description, Chris seemed nicely gifted to fit more than just his cockhead inside her womb. His size proved to supply some exquisite thrusting room as they took their evolutionary anomalies for a test drive. The theory was that all this had evolved millennia ago to ensure long, drawn-out matings with multiple inseminations. He could certainly attest to that. It was a good thing too, given how difficult it was for them to reproduce, how much energy was required as well as good luck to create new life as magically powerful as a dragon. Eventually, completely satisfied that she had him trapped with more than just her incredible pussy, Claire relaxed and released his manhood, turning to cuddle and kiss her mate. She was astonished to feel the beginnings of a deep bond forming between them, on top of the chemistry that dragons obviously shared. That didn't mean she was done with him, though. As the hours rolled by and the sun finally set, she would tease him to hardness and have him back inside her in a flash, riding him with abandon or begging him to ravage her, but always demanding his seed with a hunger born from animal instinct. It was her first shot at real sex, and she couldn't get enough. As their lust mellowed and the breaks for recovery lengthened, they talked. Chris recapped his life for what felt like the 500th time in two weeks, giving her a more detailed version than he usually did, however. He even told her what he remembered of that blurry last night he saw his father. Oh, Chris, I'm so sorry, she said, stroking his cheek comfortingly as he finished his tale. I lost my dad when I was young too, I was only eleven. They lay facing each other on the couch, arms intertwined, lazily petting. That must have been hard, I mean I don't really remember much about him. I think it would have been harder if I'd grown up with him and formed all those memories only to then have him taken away, like you did. It was hard, Claire confirmed. It screwed me up big time. For years I hated going anywhere. I was so scared I wouldn't even talk to other beings except mom. Then when I started to get a little older mom got me into self-defense and magical training, that's boosted my confidence a lot. I'm still a bit of a shut-in by most people's standards though. I'm sorry Claire, that sounds really sad. It's okay, it was a long time ago. Besides, I enjoy all the training and working out. 
It's good to feel like I've got a fighting chance if someone ever came for me or mom. Yeah, Lillian, my vampire bodyguard, has just started giving me some lessons. She's pretty rough though, usually wipes the floor with me. Maybe you could help out sometime, you know, maybe go a little easy? Haha. <laughs> she giggled softly. I could help, but I wouldn't go easy on you. There'd be no point. And besides, you're much stronger than me so that hardly seems fair. Un- Chris groaned as she nuzzled her nose against his chin. Another woman hell-bent on beating my ass. I won't do any permanent harm, it's such a nice ass. She made her point with a little pinch, making him jolt. She couldn't help but smile. So what do you and your mom do you know day to day? Chris inquired. Well, we both have part-time jobs at a local 24-hour clinic. It's run by the pack of werewolves who took us under their wing when we first moved to San Diego. We're honorary pack members now. That's neat, but you make a living working at a clinic part-time? Oh no, we do that to help out. It's a really good way for the pack to integrate into the human community and make a positive impact. Mom and I have our own business through Maginet in order to get by. Awesome, I was thinking about doing that too. Chris said. What do you do? It's pretty simple really. Claire explained. As I'm sure you've noticed, dragons have very strong links to their aspects, giving us lots of available energy in the right conditions. Mom and I take orders on Maginet to recharge magical items. Huh. Chris was a little crestfallen. I was thinking about doing pretty much the same thing. Don't feel bad, a lot of dragons do it. People always need stuff recharged. Damn, I guess I'll have to take up some of the offers I've had to pimp myself out instead. He smirked. You. She poked him in the chest. Will. She poked him again. Not. She kissed him quickly on the lips, drawing out a shocked little splutter. If you need money, you can help mom and I. Okay. He surrendered with a grin. How does that work for you two though? I've only tried it a few times with Susan after, you know. She was the one who filled the crystals anyway. After what? Claire asked knowingly. You know. He murmured. Say it. She threatened. Sex. Chris whispered, not quite knowing why he felt so bashful about it, Claire already knew. She's one of your brood, there's no shame. What you should be saying is, after you fucked your foxy stepmom deep and hard. As any self-respecting dragon male would. Chris felt heat rise in his cheeks and was thankful for the darkness in the room and his dragon's coloring. HRM? She murmured when nothing was forthcoming. Yeah, I guess. He sighed before playfully tickling her ribs. You're not nearly as ladylike as I was promised. Eep. I don't know what you've been told but I'm no lady. You've been fucking me for the last three hours too, or didn't you notice? Oh, is that what that was? He replied cheekily. Typical, cocky, male dragon. Anyway, energy transfer through sex is written into your DNA, it's part of how you reproduce. I suppose you and I could recharge gems like that but at the moment I'm being greedy and holding on to everything you give me, to hopefully help provide the spark of life. I see. Chris said it made sense. And let me just say, that you've given me so much already I can barely hold it, Chris. It's like you're stretching me on a magical level too and you're not being gentle about it. I really hope we can make it happen soon because I don't know how much more I can take. I hope so too. He leaned into snuffle against her skin and she returned his gesture of affection. Anyway. Claire continued. Mom and I channel energy directly from our bodies into the object being recharged. With gems and metals it's pretty easy but some of the other items like wands or enchanted trinkets can be quite difficult. At the end of each day, we usually drain ourselves into an object that someone sent us before we go to our aspect to replenish. As Chris listened, he pulled her back on top of him without protest and began stroking up and down the thicker scales closer to her spine. She seemed to love it, shivering slightly, all the way to her wingtips as she continued to explain the process. It's a win-win for everyone. In the past, dragons were one of the main inlets of easily usable magic into our world. With the hunting, readily available energy became difficult to find and any surviving dragons stopped giving it out. We dragons might have trouble mastering magic outside of our aspects but we have huge reserves at our disposal. Only elementals really have the ability to recharge as quickly as we do, and they have a lot of trouble converting that energy into other forms. For a while there, it was hard to get a hold of full gems, which is a big problem for magical humans and even elves to a lesser extent. Now that everything's settled down a bit, Mom and I have been going as fast as we can to keep up with orders. 
We could definitely use your help, although I'm afraid it will have to wait until you've knocked me up and we see if mom wants to mate you too. Chris sighed. He didn't really appreciate her cavalier attitude towards his mating but his dragon clearly thought he really had no right to complain. Well thanks for the explanation. I'm not sure what I can tell you in return other than how a farm runs or maybe a few funny stories. I'm totally new to this life. That would be nice, I guess. Tell me a story. Claire would be happy to feel the vibrations of his speech through their touching chests and really concentrate on enjoying the little back massage he was giving her. Chris started to describe his life growing up on the farm. She seemed to love it, resting her ear against his shoulder as she lay on top of him, listening as he talked and breathed. Soon, dragonish urges caught up to her, and she lifted herself into position and slipped him slowly back inside her warm, slick center, lying back down on his chest and urging him to continue as she made little bucking motions with her hips and whimpered involuntarily in pleasure. Claire loved his body. Everything about it, he was tall, broad, and well-muscled. He dwarfed her but still let her have her way, being a little dominant with him at times. She would never have had that with any of the other males. Mostly, however, she loved his smell, his presence, and that as they talked he looked up to her, treating her with reverence rather than coddling her like she was still a child. Sure, not all of the males were that bad, Lord Guthrie and even Alexander had seen her as an equal but there was really no spark there whatsoever. Chris was wonderful, playful, sexy and attentive towards her. There wasn't an ounce of arrogance or posturing in his bones, even though he had more reason to be that way than most. He was a class one for God's sake, she could feel the power oozing off him, knew firsthand how freely he gave staggering amounts of energy in his moments of passion. When he finally flipped them over and took his time finishing inside her yet again, he had her heart melting. Her legs were still spread wide, wrapped up and around his butt as she recovered, feeling his latest hot, sticky deposit pooling inside her womb and his magic jumping restlessly between her cells that he tamed her without even trying leaving her to float on a fluffy, post-orgasmic cloud as he flipped them back over so she was on top of him again and began to describe some of the antics he'd gotten up to with Jethry over the years. She perked up as he told her about his stash of gold, the small debacle he'd had trying to pay for Annabelle's dress with dragon gold. It made her laugh. He was so young and sweet on the outside but his dragon had strong ties to the older ways. He actually enjoyed hunting and panning for gold. That was old-school dragon stuff. No one had really bothered in several centuries. Her own family treasure, contributed to by both mother and daughter was mostly gems and metals they traded for their services over the years, kept in a small vault in their house. It didn't have the magical potency or use in witchcraft of Chris's hard-won gold but it had begun to magically multiply over the years. Treasure always did around dragons. He kept mentioning the girl named Annabelle but seemed hesitant to come out and say where Claire stood in regards to her. He was clearly smitten with his human first. Claire could see it in his eyes as he talked about her. He truly loved her. A good dragon brewmate. Claire wasn't jealous of that. It wasn't in her nature. Besides, his love would come to her in time. Chris's happiness seemed to orbit closely around the young woman. Claire would make sure she didn't upset that dot I in truth. She was eager to meet the woman who'd held her mate's heart before he was even a dragon. She wanted to thank her for safeguarding his happiness and shaping him into the wonderful being that was currently holding her. She would have to thank the witch too. Without her bravery, he never would have survived that terrible night his father was hunted down. They eventually began talking about each other's aspects. Claire was a little disbelieving as he described the magic he'd pulled off so far, without any training especially the living enchantment on Annabelle. She had to keep reminding herself that he was class one. His carefree, gentle attitude didn't befit someone of his power. He was barely two weeks old. It's so cool that you can just go back to the ether when you're sleeping, or whenever I guess, Claire said, looking down at him in the darkness with her chin propped on his smooth sternum. They took us into the ether a few times at school, that was quite a while ago now, but I've never really felt the need to go back. I didn't find it pleasant, always feeling out of place and having my energy seep out of me so quickly. I was always scared of waiting too long, getting trapped and depleted to a lifeless ghoul. It's weird how everyone describes it like that. Chris couldn't fathom what it must feel like. I've never felt anything like that. It just feels right. Like warm sunshine. There must be a lot of energy for you to use, with everything in the norm having a small presence in there. That teleport you did, three quarters of the way across America, that must have been huge. I can only do it within a couple hundred miles unless maybe I was standing in a fire when I started. In truth, it made her feel a little small, something she wasn't accustomed to at all. 
Wait, you actually stand in a fire to access your aspect? Doesn't it burn? Yes. And no, it doesn't burn, silly. Claire chuckled. It's my aspect, just like the ether to you. Well, I guess that makes sense, but it still sounds crazy. He said. It's way less crazy than being the master of another dimension where everything has a ghost presence. HRMM, you've got me there. Of course I do. She laughed, the motion making her pause a moment as their sticky sexes jostled against each other. Fire's really not so bad. I have a huge outdoor pit at home. It's about eight feet wide and lined with stones. I hooked up a couple of gas elements underneath to help me light it. I usually make a big pyre of chopped wood and branches, set it going, and when it's good and hot, I get in. She paused to see if he had anything to say, but he must have been shocked silent. As it burns, Claire continued, I like to lie down in the embers and absorb all the heat until it burns out. I can easily go to sleep like that, just like you and the ether. But but what about your clothes? Chris asked. Well, I'm naked, of course. It sounds dangerous. Chris murmured. No, it's not. I've got a special permit and a fire hose right nearby. I could just extinguish it by absorbing it all at once anyway. The only real downside is that I spend a fortune on firewood. I could burn almost anything flammable, I guess, like coal or diesel, but there's something so nice about a good wood fire. Your mom's aspect isn't as crazy, is it? Well, she's a wind dragon, or maybe they're better known as thunder dragons. She's the most elegant flyer you'll ever see, and when she's up there, she absorbs static electricity straight out of the clouds. Oh, Chris, she's so graceful when she's in the sky. She loves it more than anything. Where does she fly? I mean, wouldn't it be risky that she gets seen flying around over San Diego? Chris wondered. You're right, it would. But one of the first bits of magic her parents taught her was to hide herself, either becoming truly invisible like some of the older vampires can or casting a spell so that humans don't take notice of her. So she can fly wherever and whenever she wants. Man, I really feel like I'm missing out. Chris fantasized for a moment, reliving those childhood dreams of soaring through the air, swooping low over the fields of Jethry's farm to playfully terrify the stock. He'd only flown once so far, mostly by accident, and only for a few moments. Wait a minute, why didn't you guys fly here instead of driving? There are a few reasons, actually. Claire explained. Firstly, it would be quite a long flight and I'm sure I couldn't hold my invisibility for so long, though Ma no doubt could. Also, Elizabeth thought it would be best if we remained in our mostly human forms, in case that triggered you to change into your dragon before you're truly ready. We also didn't know how the meeting would go, how long we'd be staying, so we wanted to bring along some things, clothes, toiletries, and etc. I'd say that was prudent, given how well you and I seemed to get along. She giggled at the thought of what exactly how well they'd been getting along these past few hours, momentarily shifting her body forward to nibble his chin. It stirred Chris to bring one of his hands into her hair and guided her to a kiss, their warm breath meeting before the soft touch of lips, and eventually tongues dot he could tell she was feeling frisky again by the way she squirmed provocatively pretending that she was trying to get away from his hold in her silky hair while her tongue explored his sharp mouth and told an entirely different and more believable story. Her rich, fruity scent dominated his senses, intoxicating him. However, he fortified himself and used his grip to pull them gently apart. Ever the fighter, Claire now struggled to keep their lips locked, even gripping his top lip between her fondlets. As he used a firmer grip and it became clear she wouldn't win, she released him with a frustrated breath, looking down to see him smiling lovingly up at her. His hand released her hair and moved to brush her cheek gently, his thumb stroking across the corner of her lips. She nestled into his touch, cherishing the care she could see in his eyes through the dim word of her enhanced nighttime vision. My mate, Chris whispered, more to make himself believe that this beautiful, fiery creature was his. Her insides seemed to liquefy into molten, buttery goo at his innocent, adoring stare and his quiet declaration. Yes, she hissed turning to kiss his palm before moving to nuzzle into the side of his face, her lips finding his ear, breath full of passion. My mate, my sire, my love. Claire, his voice grew apologetic. I love Annabelle. I should the beautiful dragoness cooed. I know. It will come. For now it's enough that we are mated. Okay. He stroked the back of her neck, his feelings rather jumbled. It was like he was being pulled in two directions. His human loyalty and love for Annabelle versus his new, very powerful physical match between Claire and his dragon. 
The pull, the intoxication of Claire was almost scary, but he truly loved Annabelle. Susan too, for that matter. Annabelle is my first, she will always be my true love. Love is infinite, Chris, limitless. You will come to realize this soon enough. Humans seem to think it is a weakness, a vulnerability, but love is exactly what makes a dragon brood a nigh-unstoppable force, beings united, strengthened by love. That's going to take a while to get my head around, Claire. Thank you, though, that was quite eloquent. I'm honored that you feel that way. I feel dirty that I can't truly return your feelings right now, though. I mean, I'm going to marry Annabelle. That's fine. She began planting tiny kisses across the contours of his ear and down onto his jaw. Claire, why me? I don't have anything to offer. I don't even know what I'm doing. She stopped her teasing abruptly, a low growl in her throat and anger flaring inside her, directed first at his insecurity, or whoever had planted such stupid ideas in his head. However, those hard feelings dissolved almost instantly at his confused look. Chris. She soothed, looking deep into his gold-rimmed irises, her hands cupping his face. Why do you need to offer anything? It feels right, doesn't it? Yes. He croaked. Exactly. Claire stroked her hands down chin, onto his neck, appreciating the musculature under his cream-colored scales before coming to rest on his chest as she pushed herself away from him, looking down at her mate in assessment. Her short claws suddenly gripped him dangerously, digging into his pecs, little spikes of pain. It was so unexpected that it startled Chris, sending adrenaline pulsing outwards from his heart as his lungs expanded in a huge intake of breath. He moved to intercept her hands but she hissed a quiet warning. However, there was a twinkle in her eyes that told him he wasn't in any serious danger. Maybe you don't see what I see, but there's plenty to offer here. I don't like you talking about yourself like that. You are a dragon, a powerful, unique dragon, and you're my mate. Yes, you are young, perhaps innocent. In our world you need to be confident in who you are, your abilities, your feelings. I'll work on that with you. Insecurities can be very dangerous. I know that firsthand. Okay. Chris nodded dumbly. Okay. She smiled, giving a playful twist of her hips against the semi-flaccid penis trapped between their bodies. She extracted her claws and hunched downwards to kiss each spot she'd pricked his flawless, tiny scales. Ten kisses, ten little flicks of her tongue before she looked up mischievously at her mate and popped his little purple nipple into her mouth, teasing it quickly to firmness as she held his stare. His hand came to play through her ruby hair and she could feel him hardening down below. Show me some confidence. She looked up at him submissively, apologetic for using her claws on him. He made no response, one hand simply stroking through her hair the other up and down the outside of her thigh where she straddled him. A frustrated sigh was on the tip of her tongue when his hand suddenly took a vice-like grip on the scruff of her neck. A little excited gasp escaped her instead, even as her body practically purred in response. Asterisk, 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 it was late, pitch black outside as they spooned on the couch, naked, still in their half-forms. Their parents had long since had dinner over at Jethry's house and gone to bed, only looking in on the pair briefly as they still humped like bunnies. Only Imiant stopped by for any extended period of time, getting introduced to Claire as she rode him. The sprite sat down on Chris's chest in front of her to get a close-up view. Annabelle didn't emerge at all and Chris was thankful for that. She certainly didn't need to see him having sex with another woman. He worried about what she must be thinking, doubting that she was truly okay with it, as she said she was. Going to check on her would be wrong though. This time was for bonding with his newest brewmate. Claire was currently teasing him in her position as Little Spoon. She had his hard shaft stuck between her thighs as they talked, rubbing her hot, wet labia back and forth over him. She was overflowing with their mixed essence, despite the thick stickiness of his spend, it dribbled out of her onto his crotch, her legs, and the couch. She'd been filled too many times not to. Chris wasn't sure whether he was going to have to burn the soiled couch or somehow try to immortalize it. He was too busy trying to form coherent answers as he lay in wait, ready to pounce if she made the slightest mistake. She would rub her sex on his cockhead, come maddeningly close to slipping onto him only to angle away and giggle infuriatingly at his smallest thrust. Now he was feigning indifference as he nibbled her ruby-colored forewing with this head propped up on his elbow. His other hand was completely relaxed, letting her guide it to stroke up and down her tummy. What about Annabelle? What does she do? Claire asked over her shoulder, continuing her tease. She loved playing with him, was delighted that he let her. Exciting him onto action with her moist sex rubbing on his manhood had been her goal. She'd wanted to have him so worked up that he would spring into action and take her again, 
teach him that even though she played and teased, she would never deny him. Instead it appeared he'd grown tired of her game and given up. Annabelle is an excellent cook. She's got a dream of being a chef so she's enrolled at a culinary institute in Denver for the start of the semester. And Susan works at an apothecary, right? Yeah, she just got that job recently through connections with her growing hobby though. Hey, what are we going to do? Are you going to come visit me from San Diego or what? We're going to move, silly. As for what I'll do, I really don't know. We can always earn our keep and turn a profit no matter where we are. Well, Chris paused. You'd really move to Denver? Of course, you're my mate. She accentuated her meaning with a lazy slide of her pussy all the way to the tip of his shaft. Chris saw his opportunity and thrust forward suddenly, piercing several inches into her surprised snatch. Oh, you fucker! She yelped in shock as her eyes shot wide open. He was so damn thick inside her. She playfully squirmed to escape but he would have none of it, his previously relaxed hand suddenly holding her firmly in place as he pushed deeper and deeper, securing his position. Ah, no running away now. He chuckled as he met her cervix and pushed through gently, worrying briefly that he would now hold other women to the standard of her unbelievable biology. You teased me for the last twenty minutes, now comes my revenge. I think you're gonna like it. He began thrusting even as his hand crept down her smooth stomach towards her bare, slick mound. No. Please, Chris. Oh, fuck, that's big. No, it's too intense. She cried as his fingers found their joining, wetting his digits with their juices before capturing her engorged clit between two fingers, sliding them up and down. He kept screwing firmly into her from behind as he rubbed her up and down, back and forth with his slick fingers. His skilled treatment of her little love button made her squirm and buck, only stimulating herself further on his thrusting erection as it plundered her womb. She moaned, growled, and yelped at him, but he didn't stop, forcing a rapid climax from her sexy, quaking body. Finally, as it felt like she would be overcome, he came inside her for the umpteenth time that night, sparking a final noisy, shuddering orgasm from his mate. Claire was absolutely spent. She was completely satisfied, tired, very sweaty and even a little sore. Feeling none of the frustrating unfulfillment she was used to from her experiences with self-pleasure, she sighed and pulled his hand up to kiss, getting a small taste of their mixed essence. It was perfect. She could feel that warm ball of energy stretching her womb, pulsing and growing from his last deposit even as he slowly extracted his wonderful cock from her clinging sheath. She knew her girl parts were going to be a very achy tomorrow morning. She already anticipated the discomfort as a badge of pride and besides, it shouldn't be too bad with her healing abilities. A little sleepily, she wondered how she was going to go about day to day with that huge ball of magic constantly growing inside her. It felt like she was going to pop. He'd force-fed her so much power over the past few hours but she loved every second. It was a strangely comforting feeling though, something she didn't want to give up now that she had it. It was going to be a constant reminder in the months and years to come that she was finally mated. She would just have to get used to it. Her body became even more relaxed and sluggish as she poured her last remaining free energy into that sphere. Depleted, she turned and lay down on top of him, kissing his neck and face, murmuring sweetnesses again and again. Soon they dozed as their bodies cooled. Chris enjoyed the feeling of her breast squashed against his chest, his softening penis trapped against her tummy. There would be a lot of dried, sticky mess in the morning but he didn't care. Her steady breath against his neck, and especially her wonderful scent soothed his dragon into a blissful state of contentment. A new mate dot he pulled a throw off the back of the couch and draped it over them and around them settling in for the night with her held closely in his arms. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk about half an hour later, as he was finally drifting into a deep sleep. Chris felt her body tremble briefly before a wave of happy energy hit him like a stampeding unicorn, dazing him with a huge smile on his face. Somehow he just knew he'd done it, overcome the all odds, he was going to be a father. Claire woke with a start as the sphere of energy suddenly imploded inside her in conjunction with his one victorious sperm burrowing into her egg. The magic obliterated whatever cosmic barriers kept them apart and quickly infused and coiled around the new life ensuring its survival in that most perilous moment. The leftover energy exploded outwards, announcing the triumphant couple's success. She shrieked joyously, sitting up on him to hold her tummy in disbelief. They'd done it. It usually took years. A fleeting jolt of uncertainty washed over her. Was she ready for this? She quickly realized it didn't matter. She was so happy. There was plenty of time to prepare, and she had all the support she could ever want. 
Looking down, she found him smiling, waiting for her reaction. First she laughed, then she cried a little and began kissing all over his face, ignoring his weak protests and smothering him in her budding affection. Thank you. Thank you, oh, cheers, thank you. She recited over and over between her smooches, kissing every part of him that was easily in reach. He finally captured her tear-streaked face and kissed her back deeply, searchingly. I'm humbled, Claire. It's a surprise, but certainly a good one. He brushed her hair back behind her ears affectionately, holding her gaze in the darkness with his enhanced vision. I'll be a good mother, she assured. A perfect mate. Chris, just hold me, please. He wrapped her back up in his arms, and she lay herself down on his chest again. I know, baby, I know. He whispered before there was a thump of rapid footsteps upstairs in the hallway. Claire? Petra called out to her daughter. She'd been woken by the powerful pulse of energy, and her daughter's happy shriek. She thought she recognized the feel of the energy but didn't dare to hope. It was nay impossible. Mom! I can't believe he did it, I'm pregnant! Claire shouted gleefully. W.H. What? Susan stuttered sleepily from her doorway as she saw Petra streak past her from the spare bedroom in what looked like a white negligee. The magic had startled her from a very pleasant dream and now she couldn't believe her ears. Claire was pregnant. She switched the hall light on, blinking uncomfortably and followed the commotion downstairs. Petra was hugging her daughter, crying happily with her even as they giggled and laughed. It distracted Chris for a moment, giving him a front row seat to the show their breasts put on, rubbing and flattening against each other with only Petra's sheer nightclothes between them. His attention was quickly brought back as the older dragon suddenly bent down to smother his mouth in a passionate kiss flicking her tongue against his lips and requesting entry. He was taken aback, having not even been properly introduced to her before her daughter had attacked him that afternoon. Still, he accepted her tongue for a few very enjoyable moments before she pulled away. Damn she knew how to kiss. Thank you, Chris. This means so much to us. Petra explained as she held her hand over her daughter's tummy, using her magical senses to confirm the presence of the microscopic life inside her. I don't know how you did it. It usually takes years. I can't take all the credit. It was a team effort. Chris replied as Claire took his hand and held it over their child as well. Yes, it certainly sounded that way. Petra laughed. I didn't realize my daughter was such a little nympho. Oh, shut up, mom, you're just jealous. Claire teased back. Of course I am, baby, but I'm so proud too. The older dragon cooed dot Chris's purple skin darkened in embarrassment, but he hoped no one noticed in the low light coming from the stairwell. It's really true? Susan asked from the archway, receiving enthusiastic nods from both women. She wasn't quite sure what to think but the beginning of any new life was something worth celebrating, and she soon realized that. Oh my god, sweetie so soon? Congratulations. Oh, we're going to be grandmothers, I'm going to spoil that little dragon rotten. Not if I spoil it first. Petra laughed before turning to her daughter. I'm so excited. Can I get you two anything or do you just want to go to sleep? Wait, I've got to call Elizabeth right now. A drink of water would be great, mom. Let poor Elizabeth sleep, it can wait until morning. Claire said before looking down to her mate questioningly. Then I think we want to be alone again for a bit. Okay, baby. Petra got up to get them a pitcher of water. Susan knelt down and gave her son a quick hug, too. I'm proud of you, too, honey. The witch said lovingly. Both of you. I recognize the intensity I saw between you this afternoon, but I couldn't place it for a while. I saw it between your parents, Chris. I was worried about you mating with someone you didn't know, but once I recognized what I was seeing, I knew you'd be great together. Petra came back with a jug and a few cups, pulling Susan gently away and giving her a hug before they made their way back upstairs and switched off the light. I'm a father. His dragon shouted gleefully echoing around his orgasm-emptied head like a gunshot. Yes, we're a father. How did we do that, by the way? Chris asked sleepily as he and Claire settled back down. I don't know. We gave her almost everything we had. It must have been enough. We are magnificent after all, the dragon preen. I think we got lucky. Chris mused more realistically. Do you feel it, though? The dragon asked happily. The warmth inside, so deep and pure. The love for our mate and our child? Yes, Chris smiled relaxing back into the couch with said mate's heat and weight resting comfortably on top of his tired, pleasured body. Asterisk, 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 Lillian lay still as death on the bed as the young woman beside her sniffled into her pillow. The happy news had, of course, been loud enough for Annabelle to hear. 
It had been strange laying next to the human. She didn't need to rest but Annabelle had said she wanted the company as she fell asleep. Now the vampire felt unbearably awkward, doing nothing as the human cried quietly. Compassion won the day and the ancient vampire reached out and put a consoling hand on Annabelle's back. After all, she could still remember what it was to be a young, insecure, and in love. Mind you, Moscow in the 1500s was a completely different world. Annabelle leapt at opportunity for comfort. Uncaring of its source, she rolled over and hugged the vampire's side, resting her head on her shoulder as she hiccuped a little. The reaction shocked Lillian. She couldn't remember the last time someone had turned to her for solace. Did the girl really think she could find it in an undead predator? The gesture actually touched her unbeating heart so, perhaps she could. I know it's a good thing. There are so few of them. Annabelle whispered. And I know he loves me. I'm even a little happy for them but I wanted it to be me. I wanted that in a few years time but he's already got her. You still can. Lillian soothed, turning a little to stroke Annabelle's hair tentatively. Her thirst towards the human was barely a tingle in the back of her mind with the dragon's smell saturating his room and bedclothes around her. I see the way he looks at you, your first in his heart no matter who else he has a child with. It's a duty he was born into. And yes, it's pleasurable but that doesn't change the fact that it started as a duty. You loved him before any of this, I'm sure he'll give you what you want when you're both ready. I know. I know I'm being too emotional but that doesn't make it any easier. Annabelle sighed. It never does, does it? The vampire chuckled. Talk to him. Thanks Lillian, I will. Annabelle paused to consider for a moment before continuing cautiously. You know I meant what I said before. What? Lillian asked even though she was pretty sure what Annabelle was referring to. I don't think I would mind having you as a brewmate. You're not as bad as the bloodthirsty vampire who tried to scare me with her stories when we first met. I can see the little ways you two dance around each other. I won't stand in the way if he wants you too. Lillian was lost for words. Yes, she and the dragon had definitely been dancing, perhaps not intentionally, but the tension was rife between them. The not-so-subtle scenting of each other, the sparks they felt between their bodies. The lingering closeness they held under the guise of defense practice. Yesterday she made herself a vow to free herself from the drow's dominance and have him. Now the girl was giving her permission to do exactly that. Offering her lover up on a silver platter. Oh, no, any other sort of platter.it was a disconcerting to think Annabelle was so devoted that she tried to fetch another lover for her dragon. The barriers between her and the delicious dragon seemed to be dissolving. She hardly even cared anymore that she would likely fall under his control, addicted by his perfect blood. However, the pact held her firmly in place, at least for the moment. Lillian? Annabelle asked, feeling awkward after hearing no response. Sorry. I was just thinking how fucked up my situation is, even for a being. Thank you, Annabelle. It means something that you would accept me like that, share him. God knows I don't deserve your trust. It can't happen though, Annabelle, not in our current situation, it's too dangerous. How about just friends for now? Friends. Annabelle confirmed sensing that Lillian didn't want to talk about it further. The vampire smiled wistfully, she'd initially wondered what the dragon saw in this girl. Now she could see it too. She was sweet, gentle, caring, and selfless. The human was precious and Lillian undertook then and there to protect and guide her as she could. And Annabelle, if it does by some miracle come to that, my promise still stands too. What promise? I won't steal him from you. Whispered the vampire. I don't think it's possible. Annabelle couldn't help but smile at that. Asterisk, 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 Chris woke with a start. One of those strange moments where it's like you were never asleep at all. He was rested but there was no grogginess or lethargy. His mind was focused. He was going to make sure Annabelle woke up in his arms. There was something warm already in his arms though. A feisty, beautiful dragon. A pregnant dragon. He felt a soaring of male pride inside himself and smiled, kissing the top of her head. She'd insisted on sleeping on top of him. It was nice once he'd finally found a position that his wings didn't mind. She was still asleep, her smaller body draped across him, her head on his chest, breathing cutely through her pursed lips that it already seemed right to have her like that, familiar to him after just one night. Perhaps it was that they were both dragons. More likely however was that they were mated, very successfully one might add. Against the odds, they had created new life together. His heart fluttered happily at that thought. They were bonded as dragons but he realized he was also feeling for her as a human. There was almost no apprehension at the thought of their child. They talked about it last night, 
and there would be plenty of time to grow into their relationship and this ultimate responsibility. She woke sleepily as he rolled her to the side and wiggled himself out from underneath her beautifully colored body. Don't go baby, it's still dark. She cooed sleepily. He kneeled beside the couch to stroke her cheek and give her an affectionate peck. I'd love to stay but I want to go check on Annabelle. We have a thing where I try to be there when she wakes up. Hmm. I can see why, lucky girl. I'll have to strike an accord with her about those privileges. You can try. Chris chuckled. I know she comes first, Chris. I don't have an issue with that. I truly hope she and I become close friends. Go to her. I'll be waiting to meet her when you two get up. I hope you do too. She could use friends in our world. She doesn't want to be just my familiar. Can I have a kiss before you go? Of course. Smiled Chris, closing again to take her slightly thin red lips in his purple ones, rubbing their flattened snouts together gently, sharing breath. He watched with his dragon-enhanced vision as she closed her eyes and hummed happily in her throat. She looked perfect in the pre-dawn twilight, he felt a little guilty for abandoning her. The realization that she was pregnant jumped to the front of his mind again, startling him and making him feel a little giddy, he broke the kiss and lifted the blanket covering her naked body. He snuffled around on her belly, smelling their sex from last night, and finally resting his mouth over her womb. He gave her a lingering kiss there between her tiny, defined abs, sending his love towards both her and their child. Claire sighed contentedly, feeling his presence flush warm and tender around her, his love enveloping them. Forcing himself to move on, he couldn't help but briefly kiss the top of her perfectly smooth mound, his devilish tongue seemed to have a mind of its own. Snaking out and drawing a gasp from her as it wetly brushed over her little love button. Go now or I won't let you leave. Claire huffed out he snuck out from under the blanket with a culpable smirk, proverbial cookie crumbs smattered on his playful lips. Go. She watched him get up and stretch, giving her a full frontal of his impressive body as his wings spread to the side. It made her inside squirm just watching him, his power and strength, the play of muscle under his skin, his dangling, semi-firm tackle. She melted as he started walking out of the living room, turning to smile over his shoulder at her. His butt was so cute, too. She rolled over and replayed the last twelve hours, his magnificent body holding her, taking her, impregnating her. His presence and strength, the way he felt inside her, the way she could almost taste him in the air with her nimble, forked tongue. It felt so right. Her body was vibrating with happiness. Grinning, she snuggled back into the couch for a few more hours of happy drowsing. Chris estimated it was around four or four-thirty as he stood on the porch in the buff. Jethry would be up to milk the cows soon but he wouldn't be getting any help from Chris today. It was cool but comfortable. He descended the stairs and walked quietly around to the back of the house. He found the garden hose he was looking for and turned the tap, cautiously testing the cold water. It felt right to be outside with the water shocking and sharpening his body and mind. He cleaned himself as thoroughly as possible without soap. It wasn't so bad once he was used to it, and it was certainly very refreshing, better than waking up everyone in the house with noise of the shower. Dripping dry for a little and shaking his head back and forth, he went back inside and snuck upstairs to the linen closet to grab a towel. Once dry, he left it in the bathroom before finally heading towards his room. Towards Annabelle. Both the dragon and the vampire were startled at the sight of each other. Chris hadn't expected to find Lillian in his room, let alone sleeping face to face with Annabelle, cuddling each other. They were clothed and above the covers at least. Lillian hadn't expected to fall asleep, let alone with her arm draped protectively over the human. She woke almost instantly as he stepped quietly into the room and froze in shock. She definitely hadn't expected to see him stark naked. They stared at each other for a few seconds, processing. Lillian couldn't help but admire what she saw. Chris wondered if he'd caught the vampire in a rare moment of vulnerability. He hadn't realized Lillian and Annabelle were comfortable enough with each other for the natural embrace he was witnessing. They suddenly sprang to life, Chris covering his crotch with his hands and rushed over to his drawer to get some boxers while Lillian extracted herself from Annabelle and sat up on the edge of the bed with her back turned to him. He got his boxers on hastily and sat down on the opposite side of the bed, looking to see that Annabelle was still asleep. Sorry, he murmured. I thought you'd be in the spare room. Thanks for staying with her though. Is she okay? Lillian sighed, still collecting herself. She was actually more shaken from waking up like that than seeing him naked. She very seldom slept, never in bed with someone else, no matter who. That wasn't to say she hadn't enjoyed the view she'd just been given, it only reaffirmed her resolution to have him eventually. 
His rush to clothe himself re-emphasized his youth and innocence, characteristics which belied his body. Most of the males she knew would have stood there just to make sure she'd seen it. There was no doubt now that he had exactly what it took to make her squeal. She's an incredible young woman. Lillian finally replied quietly as she heard him nervously fidget in his seat. Don't you dare hurt her, Chris, she's too good for that. You think I don't know that? He choked quietly, turning to look at his fiancée. She'll be fine, I think. The vampire replied, sufficiently satisfied with the emotion in his response. I'm glad you came back now. I'm sure it will mean a lot to her. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, he said half-heartedly. I didn't realize you two were close. I thought she was a bit scared of you. I'm just as surprised as you are, believe me. We talked a bit last night. She needed some comfort. That's good. Chris whispered. His throat felt a little thick with feelings of guilt. Anyway, I'll leave you two together. Seriously, Chris, I know you love each other, and she's accepted you and Susan, but having a child with another woman is a big stretch, even if it is to save your species. Lillian stood and made a few steps towards the door. She heard, of course she did, Chris stated, stopping the vampire to turn back towards him. Yes. Fuck, I should have come up here. I thought she would have come down if she was awake. And see you in the arms of another woman, celebrating something she deeply wanted for herself? Lillian raised an eyebrow. I didn't plan that, Lillian. Chris whispered with his head in his hands. That doesn't really matter though, does it? Not when it happened anyway. I'm an idiot. He murmured. Maybe a little. She smiled. But you're young and she forgives you. She knows it's your duty. Lillian began to walk the final few steps towards the door before pausing again. She's gave me permission to be with you too because she thinks that's what you want. That's how devoted to you she is. Jesus, Annabelle. He breathed before turning to the vampire nervously. What did you say? Lillian paused at the portal, not looking back as she spoke in case he somehow saw the lie in her eyes. It doesn't matter, Chris. It's never going to happen. She closed the door. Chris didn't know what to feel about that. Instead of lingering on it, he picked up Annabelle gently and pulled back the covers. She murmured and woke up but he didn't say anything until they were under the covers and he had her up against him in a loving embrace. She didn't move or acknowledge him, just let him manhandle her silently. She was still wearing yesterday's t-shirt and her short skirt. It stood out to him because they were never not naked in bed together. It seemed symbolic of what he just put her through. He hated it. I'm sorry. He murmured as she looked up at him in the dim light. She didn't reply. Instead pulling away from his embrace and rolling away from him, moving around under the covers. Tears began to well in his eyes and his throat thickened painfully, closing off his airways so that he almost gasped. He rolled away from her onto his back as his chest ached, struggling not to sob. He didn't care that his wings were folded uncomfortably beneath him. He'd finally done it. He'd finally made her run from him, just as he'd feared. It was his own damn fault too. His dragon shrieked pitifully inside his head. He could still hear her moving a little, assuming she was about to get out of bed and walk away. He shut his eyes so he wouldn't have to see her go. Her naked skin pushed back against his side and he let out a startled sob, pulling her next to him roughly and crushing her into his chest, panting into her soft hair. He was beyond words with relief. His heart, having been so close to shattering, felt like it began beating again as her comforting smell seeped into his lungs, easing his painful congestion. He'd feared the worst, jumped to conclusions, but it had given him a precious insight into his world without Annabelle. She struggled a little, perhaps surprised by the intensity of his reaction, but he didn't let her go. Baby, I can barely breathe. Annabelle croaked. Sorry. He sniffed releasing her from his bare hug and wiping away the few tears that had barely escaped. She sensed something was wrong when he pulled her so closely into his crushing embrace, now the thickness in his voice made her suspicious. Confirmation came when she reached up carefully in the low light and felt his face, a little wet. What's wrong, Chris? Nothing, D, it's just... I thought... He didn't get a chance to finish as she quickly moved up and ran her tongue over his cheek, collecting his tears. The emotions trapped in those magical droplets of brine flashed through Annabelle's mind. Just like their first day together, in this very same bed, she experienced the intensity of his feelings towards her again. Such heartbreak, loss, and guilt it made her give a strangled groan when he'd stupidly assumed she was getting out of bed. Such relief and love when she'd snuggled back into him. The power of his emotions was overwhelming, creating an out-of-body experience for a few moments. 
As it faded away, the afterglow of his happiness lingered a little. Oh Chris, what am I going to do with you? She gave him a quick kiss before laying her head on his chest again. He sighed and put his arms back around her, less forcefully this time. You're a real turkey sometimes, babe. You know that, right? She accented her words with a kiss just above his nipple, right over his heart. Yes. He snorted. What a thing to say to a guy. What did you think, that I'd walk out on us just like that? Maybe. Yes, I guess for a moment. I was worried about how you feel about Claire and I. Well, that's dumb. I'd be mad right now if I hadn't just felt how broken up about it you were for a few seconds. I said we'd work this stuff out. I love you. I'm not going to go running away. Haven't I proven that already? I'm sorry, D. It's pretty much my worst nightmare. I keep thinking I'll do something that makes you snap and walk out. I'm obviously pretty insecure about that. I don't know what I'd do without you. Oh baby, I'm fine, okay? Yes, I was a bit shaken up when I heard that she was pregnant already. I wanted that to be us in a few years' time, but it's still a good thing. You're going to be a father, and there'll be another beautiful dragon in the world. You have my official permission to make as many dragon babies as you like. That was the entire point of this, remember? Your father's sacrifice and Susan's devotion. I was just shocked by the timing. I thought I'd have years to get used to the idea and that we'd probably start trying for our own kids before you ever manage one with Claire. I thought it was supposed to take ages. I thought so too. I don't know what happened. It was true. He had no explanation for Claire's astoundingly rapid conception. Annabelle just giggled. What? He asked. You happened, silly. What do you mean? Come on, turkey boy. Do I have to spell it out for you? Fine. All I'm saying is that it's been established that you're pretty exceptional, even for a dragon. Well, that and a girl could probably get knocked up off half a whiff of, stop it. He pleaded. She couldn't help but tease him, laughing at the look she could barely make out on his face in the light that was starting to seep into the room. Wow, I think Emmy is rubbing off on you, D. Seriously, though, I don't think virility has much to do with it. We just got really lucky. No, babe, it's definitely something about you. What is it they say? If you meet a few assholes, that's okay, but if everyone you meet is an asshole, it's you who's got the problem. Well, this is like that, but with the opposite of assholes. Incredible things keep happening around you, Chris, you must be to blame for it. An interesting theory, eloquently presented, Miss Somerset. Chris joked with mock seriousness in imitation of what he imagined was an old English gentleman's accent. I'm serious. Annabelle complained happily. Then a mischievous smile flickered at the corner of her lips and she stroked a finger teasingly down his smooth, cool flank before she whispered. Miss Annabelle Barrist. Hm. He murmured. Getting some practice, are you? Exactly. She replied. What's more, I'll pragmatically consider what you just did to Claire practice for what you're going to do to me once we're married. Very gracious of you. He said with a provocative stroke of her slim tummy. How was it with, with Claire? She asked tentatively. Did you even bother talking to her? It was great. We did it a bunch of times, mostly quite vigorously with our dragons taking the lead, but we also had a few more mellow goes. Our dragons seemed to be a great match for each other. She also, well her, let's just say I got a lesson on some dragon biology I wasn't aware of. And yes, we had some time to talk too. She's eager to meet you. You gonna tell me about it? She asked with a playful wiggle against him. He responded by tracing lazy circles and figure eights on her lower back making her shiver even more. Maybe later, you don't need to hear the gruesome details right now. What I really want to say is that once again you've amazed me. I love you, D. Perhaps I don't deserve you, but I love you. I couldn't have foreseen that Claire would get pregnant, but I certainly don't regret it. She's my mate now too, but that doesn't change how I feel about you one bit. I've already told her that you're my first, that you'll always come first. I know that, Chris, I love you too. They were silent several long moments, just enjoying the contact between their bodies and the love between their souls. By the way, Lillian mentioned that you gave her approval to come after me. What's up with that? Oh, that whole thing. I don't know Chris, I guess I like her. I can see that there's tension between the two of you. She's strong on the outside, but I can tell she's so lonely. When you're not looking she stares at you like she's longing to reach out and touch but something's holding her back. I told her I wouldn't stand in the way if that's what you both wanted. Silence dominated again as Chris collected his thoughts. I'm not really sure what to say, D. Yeah, I guess there's been a bit of chemistry between us but I think most of what you're seeing is her instinct to feed. She must have a really hard time with it around me.
I still can't believe Rayla signed her to me. She must have known it would be terrible for her. Anyway, yes, she's very beautiful and yes, she excites me but I don't think it's meant to be. It's not just her instinct to feed Chris, trust me. And all I was saying was that if she does like you, I won't try to stop her. She's stunning and I like her, even if she is a bit scary sometimes. You could do a lot worse. Are you sure you're not a time traveler from the 60s or something? What's with all the free loving? Peace and freedom, baby. Annabelle snorted. Chris considered a real reply for a few more moments. I don't have some master plan that keeps dropping women in my lap, D. It just seems to happen and soon enough my dragon starts caring for them and loving them before I'm even aware of it. It creeps up on me so quickly. It happened like that with Susan and I can already feel it starting to happen with Immy and Claire. I guess it's a little bit like that with Lillian, but we're holding ourselves back because it could be so dangerous. That's okay, Chris. I signed up for this and I love it, I love you. Bridges, baby, Bridges. If nothing else, you are a champion bridge crosser. He chuckled appreciatively into her scalp before planting an appreciative, loving kiss. Asterisk, 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 Annabelle and Chris ended up sleeping through dawn and several hours into the early morning. Even after they woke up, they spent a half hour lying in bed, mostly just staring at each other and enjoying the warmth and closeness. With Chris holding her like that, facing each other on their sides, stroking gently up and down her ribs and over her hip with a finger. Her insides turned into dark, creamy, melted chocolate. His dragon responded to their relaxed state and released its hold on his physical form. His reptilian features faded rapidly until there were just two humans lying snuggled. In bed. Finally they got up and Annabelle sauntered after him for a fairly straightforward shower. His faithful morning pride was conspicuously absent, making her comment that he must be all worn out. His dragon promptly had him to rise to the occasion just to prove a point but overall there was very little sexy business other than an occasional wet grope or a soap slick tweak. She did however, insist on having her hair washed by him. Her morning pampering was becoming a ritual she wouldn't easily give up. Chris didn't mind at all, taking any excuse to get close to a wet, naked Annabelle and make her coo in pleasure. Once they were done, they dressed in some of Chris's old stuff and came downstairs hand in hand to find, as they'd expected, everyone up and waiting for them. Susan was preparing breakfast on the stove, ready for the day wearing a nice snug pair of jeans and a waist-clinging long-sleeved blouse. A nice little yellow apron protected her from her work. She was heating pans and whipping up some eggs when she saw them enter Dotby by the looks of it. Immy was being a bit of a pest, flitting around Susan as she tried to cook, sampling things before they were anywhere near done and offering a lot of unrequested advice. Finally, Susan said in that tone unique to mothers which conveyed love, annoyance, and humor all at the same time. I was about to send Lillian upstairs with a glass of water to pour over you too. Chris rolled his eyes and pulled Annabelle close against his side, bringing her around the kitchen island to introduce her to Petra. The statuesque dragoness was looking up from her Maginette tablet to study them. Annabelle, this is Petra. Petra, this is my fiancé, Annabelle. Chris intoned politely just as Susan had taught him all those years ago. The two women shook hands firmly, the chestnut brown and the platinum blonde assessing each other. It's nice to meet you. Annabelle spoke when the moment became a little unreadable. Likewise, Annabelle. And may I just say that I can see exactly why he fell in love with you. Petra smiled, reading the human with her magical senses and seeing almost uncorrupted goodness, not to mention the human's slender but very attractive figure. Thanks. Annabelle replied. You're very beautiful yourself. Oh, hush now. Petra scolded. Talk like that will go straight to my ego. And we dragons are notorious for being at least a little self-worshipping, aren't we? I'd like to apologize to you, though, about the timing of our joyous news. I know you haven't had much time with him yet, but it's fine. Interrupted Annabelle. I talked with Chris about it this morning. I understand how wonderful and extraordinary the conception of a new dragon is and I'm happy. Happy for all of us. Oh dear, you are a perfect first. Thank you for accepting this and for finding and loving him before we ever could. Petra got up to embrace Annabelle in a warm hug, given on behalf of every dragon, before relinquishing her back to Chris and turning to Susan. And you, Susan, I don't know how we can repay you for your bravery. Claire explained some of what Chris told her. We have so much to thank you for. You're welcome, Petra, but I think he's all the reward I'll ever want. Susan said mushily from the stove as she blew a kiss at him. He's blushing. Petra whined girlishly, 
an act not befitting her species, age, or power but incredibly sexy nonetheless. It only made Chris's circulation problems worse so he pulled up a chair and sat to watch Susan slaving over the stove in her little apron. Annabelle plopped into his lap a moment later and whispered up into his ear. You can give me some long, hard reward later. With their backs turned, everyone in the kitchen didn't notice anything unusual about the sounds of approaching footfalls from the living room. It wasn't until Chris felt firm breasts pressed into his back and the sensation of stiff nipples, too firm to be separated by more than just his shirt, that he realized Claire was still naked. I want some more reward too. She cooed seductively in his other ear even as Annabelle pulled back in shock, leaning away in his lap. Their eyes met, Ruby versus Stowe Brown for a second before Annabelle's began to track over the naked, scarlet, and white body. Claire took the opportunity to flounce around into the kitchen actual and fetch a glass of water for herself from the sink, her hips swaying and her toned, draconian perfection on display. Annabelle wasn't quite sure what to think other than it was a bit of a bitch move. Strutting around naked in front of everyone and clearly trying to get a rise out of Chris. A new firmness under her lap seemed to indicate that it might be working too, regardless, she was beautiful. Her half-form was majestic, it made Annabelle think of a sports model or a gymnast. She had that soft muscle definition that Annabelle used to envy before she became comfortable with her burgeoning body, yet still looked absolutely feminine and particularly squishy and taut where it counted. After seeing Chris in his half-dragon perfection, she realized this was his natural counterpart. Claire's wings and coloring made her so exotic too, like one of those renders of two beautiful science fiction women you come across occasionally on the internet. Annabelle was tempted to feel jealousy for a moment before realizing there was just no point. Chris needed to be with other dragons, it wasn't their fault that they were beautiful together. Claire enjoyed her little show, trying to excite him, waltzing back around to sit in the chair next to her mate. He was now surrounded with Petra on the other side. His first, Annabelle was staring from her prized perch on his lap, her head now resting under his chin. Hi. Claire started, unsure how to make the moment any less awkward. Hi, Claire. Annabelle replied. I, uh, I wanted to say thanks for letting him be with me and sorry for sketching out yesterday. He overwhelmed me a bit, and my dragon took over. It's okay, Claire, I can definitely understand that. Annabelle smiled, having a little flashback to the first time she'd encountered the dragon. I trust it went very well between you given the happy outcome? Everyone else in the room had paused to watch the exchange, to see how the two women would settle. Chris was barely breathing as he held Annabelle. Oh my god, yes. I hate that I waited 64 years to have sex. What a waste. Well, okay, maybe about 42 years because I was too young, but whatever. I can't believe I'm pregnant. I keep checking every other minute just to be sure. He was your first? Annabelle was surprised. She'd assumed that someone like Claire would be a sexual dynamo. Um, yeah? Claire looked sideways, obviously embarrassed about it. Annabelle quickly realized there was a woman in there with the sexy dragoness. She'd felt those same insecurities herself not too long ago, still struggled with them now. Me too. Annabelle replied. He told me you awakened him on your first time together? That's so romantic, you're lucky. Yeah, it was awesome. Annabelle's tone was getting friendlier, and Chris began to release his pent-up breath quietly. Annabelle sighed in return. You're having a child with him, though. I never thought it would happen straight away, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry about that. Annabelle reassured. I already told Chris to have as many dragon babies as he can. All I really want is a few human ones of my own someday. Claire lurched forwards to hug Annabelle tightly, almost pulling her out of Chris's lap with her busted embrace. You'll have as many as you want and until then, you can help me with mine. Thank you, Annabelle. Annabelle relaxed into the hug, feeling somehow more sisterly than competitive and not understanding why. Claire, don't take this the wrong way or anything but... I don't hate you. I thought I might but I don't. I know. It's him. He's somehow doing this to us. Claire whispered back. Doesn't that worry you? I mean, don't you want to fight it? Asked Annabelle. No. Me either but um, you're naked. They broke apart smiling, and understanding had been formed. They might not have much in common, mightn't have similar backgrounds or even be the same species. What they did share however was deep love and devotion for the man right next to them. Perhaps that would be enough to bring them closer together. You'd better put some clothes on. Jethry will be coming for breakfast, and there's no telling what he'll do if he sees tits. Annabelle warned as Claire's naked body assaulted her eyes again. I tore mine up yesterday. Claire admitted sheepishly. 
and I suppose you don't want to brave the outdoors to go get your bag form the car? Petra smiled over at her daughter, pleased that the encounter with Annabelle had gone so well. Oh fine, I'll get it. Play nice now girls and Claire, go have a shower. It's not that bad, is it? Claire asked Annabelle conspiratorially. Like a brothel. Giggled Annabelle. Claire gasped in mock hurt before giving Annabelle a wink and following her mother out of the kitchen, off to find the shower and wash away the residues of her mating. Well, that couldn't have gone any better. Chris finally breathed easy. Yes, that was very big of you, Annabelle, I'm proud. Susan came over and gave her quick hug. It was easy. Annabelle explained. I think I like her. Michelle thought things were going well. She'd been on her own for a full two and a half days now and nothing had eaten her or even gripped her heel from the shadows as she descended any of the open step staircases in the compound. Her job involved a lot of sitting and listening. Listening to immensely powerful creatures voice their insecurities and problems about being exposed in broad daylight to humans. It was ironic, they were scared of the very people they looked down on as inferior. Perhaps it was always the way with the individually powerful and the masses masses.it had gotten better and better since that first emergency synod meeting at least. Now there was less unconstructive fear-mongering or bickering and more discussion of real issues. How would the general populace be managed to avoid widespread panic? How would beings mesh into human society and what rights and laws would apply to them? How would they convince governments around the globe to go ahead with a worldwide revelation without one of them spilling the beans or outright declaring war? These were the big questions. Michelle brainstormed, scribbled, and took notes, furiously whenever they were the focus of the conversation. She'd been with Rayla for several days now, had gotten used to the dark elf's moods and so far managed to avoid her permanently simmering temper. She did seem a little subdued since Chris had received that nasty burn a couple days ago, though. They held video conferences twice daily for several hours during which she would be called on occasionally to give opinions or suggestions but mostly she was trying to record what it was that beings hoped to gain from this. What terms would make the revelation acceptable to them? She also talked extensively with members of the growing team working on the human end of things. Helping to organize the initiation of the Being Interaction Agency was one of her main duties. Yes, there were plenty of jokes about its acronym, but somehow it was sticking. As well as that, filling in some of gaps in human knowledge or quashing misunderstandings when it came to beings was a vital part of her role, one she was uniquely qualified for. The rest of her day might be taken up with researching and educating herself about beings in general. Rayla sometimes helped but tended not to have much patience so Michelle turned to whoever was available, mostly Timothy Garrell. The head of security had taken her under his wing and escorted her around the compound whenever she needed a guide. It was convenient for both because he liked to be present for most of the meetings that went on, and he could conduct most of his duties over the phone if he was helping Michelle in the library or answering her questions that they'd grown to like each other quickly, recognizing dutiful professionalism and a passion for the good morals behind the law. The elemental was astounded that she'd acclimatized to life as a familiar so quickly. It was obvious she had dedicated herself to seeing the revelation through and making sure it was a success for both sides. Michelle enjoyed her independence but the massive hotel suite seemed empty at night. Things tended to catch up to her in those lonely nights. The death of her team, her friends, at the betrayal of a being she'd once called an ally. She even had trouble sleeping, tossing restlessly as her mind refused to shut down and let her rest, keeping her up an extra hour or two every night with a simmering rage that made her throat feel thick and clogged. She missed being able to talk to Susan and Annabelle candidly in the relative privacy of the suite. She especially missed the dragon, being able to take comfort from his presence and strength and know that he was there to support her, to back her up like he'd done in her integration just days ago. Even having him hover near her, assuring himself she was okay or that she didn't need anything, that feeling of dependence was a shock in and of itself. She considered herself, at least previously, to be a strongly independent person. It was strange that she now had someone to lean on even if it was a forced arrangement. It was even stranger that she liked IT.AT night. She tried to rationalize these feelings into something that made sense to her analytical mind. Perhaps being thrust into this new world and bound to him as a familiar had actually changed her. Honestly, she knew better. With what she'd learned about dragons recently, the answer was obvious. It was his magic. But what could she, a mere human, do about that? Whatever her emotions and their origins were, she recognized that she was now in the right place to do the most good, for both sides. She could be thankful for that at the very least. Out on the afternoon of the day everyone was due back from Laramie, Michelle was quite nervous. That morning there had been a full video meeting of available synod, 
territory leaders, human government officials, and pertinent staff. The president was there as well as the prime minister of the UK and the German chancellor. They'd discussed many issues, making good progress on setting up infrastructure around the globe to deal with the revelation. That was all well and good. What made Michelle nervous was a suggestion by one of the president's staff that as part of the effort to maintain calm and help put the public's mind at ease, they should prepare in advance, media packages portraying real beings in a positive light. These dossiers could then be released however it was deemed appropriate. Someone even suggested television advertisements and detailed interviews or documentary miniseries. When the time came, it was hoped that this would raise awareness without promoting panic or hysteria. Someone even thought that after the revelation, having certain beings available to the public would be vital to help connect the two societies. They would create opportunities for humans to see beings or access information about them in a controlled manner, so that misinformation and rumor didn't run too rampant. The few media experts present loved these ideas, perhaps seeing dollar signs already as they had the scoop on what was going to be the biggest event of the millennia. The problem was, they latched on like rabid terriers and it appeared they wouldn't easily let go. I in fact, everyone seemed to like the idea, and so did Michelle, until the president piped up and said that Chris would be his first choice as the subject of such a campaign. An upright, good-looking, young American like Christopher is perfect for the role. He's a dragon too, which I understand makes him likable, if not lovable. Were Robert Falconer's exact words. There were several smirks about that. I don't know if that is such a good idea. John Guthrie had replied reasonably. He is very young and it would put him under a lot of pressure, let alone expose him to further potential dangers. He is the future of our race after all. Nonsense. The haughty fairy queen rebutted. Her tiny calculating smile could easily be seen across the video connection. He is a perfect candidate. Have you not been spouting that older beings are the most problematic, having lost touch with humanity? John Guthrie could not counter that point easily for he had indeed, with good reason, expressed his concerns about older, generally more powerful beings taking to the terms of the revelation less easily. However, Michelle remembered that the fairy representative had seemed to be one of the most indignant synod members when Chris had effectively overridden their authority only days before. Her concerns were only validated when a blonde elf, her least favorite synod member, spoke in support Chris' nomination. The same elf who had lobbied for destroying her mind after her initial interrogation.it had then been quickly agreed upon and Rayla had ignored a concerned, meaningful look from Michelle, leaving her unsure of the drow's intentions towards the dragon. Before she could muster any real protest, the job of informing Chris of his involvement fell heavily in her lap.as his familiar. Of course she was the best suited to break the news to him they'd reasoned. As she'd looked around the video screens for any form of help, only Lord Guthrie gave her an apologetic look through the connection. Michelle had to admit though, he was perfect for it. Young and only recently a being, he still connected strongly with his human roots and could relate to modern humans in ways that some of the ancient beings could never manage. He was kind, only a little introverted, generally happy, and yes, he was good-looking. It seemed like he had no desire for fame, which made him even more suited to the role. Her mind mulled this over on her walk home. The thing was, this could actually work in Chris' favor. Therefore, as she approached the apartment at the end of the day, expecting to find that they had arrived back already, she was a fretful about breaking the news of his predetermined involvement. When she stepped out of the elevator, however, the activity at the other end of the hallway took her attention. Her training instantly kicked into assessment mode. It appeared someone had moved into the other guest suite. The new occupants were in the process of leaving to go somewhere. A as she continued down the hall towards the door to Chris' apartment, and the women approached from the opposite direction, her suspicions grew. The timing was too fortuitous, and these beautiful ladies seemed to match the general description she'd been given by Timothy. A mature, tall platinum blonde and a young athletic redhead, both with refined, stunning features and perhaps an air of coolness or distance. But if they had moved in next door already, that meant. Hello, Michelle. The young redhead greeted her as Michelle held her key card at the ready. Hi, Claire. Chris told us about you. Claire supplied. This is my mom, Petra. Everyone shook hands. I see. And you've taken the other room, so that means? Asked Michelle tentatively. They didn't seem cold or aloof. In fact, they both seemed to be vibrating happily. Perhaps it was because they knew she was his familiar. Yes. We're mated. Claire emphasized with an excited bounce on her toes her fiery ponytail bouncing around as well as other body parts. She's pregnant too, but we're keeping that under wraps for a few days. 
Petra leaned closer to whisper conspiratorially. Pregnant! spluttered Michelle before her hands reached to cover her gaping mouth. Oh, sorry. Pregnant? Already? Annabelle said it takes years for you too, you know. Yes. That's why this is so wonderful. Claire said. Come on, let's go in so we can talk. I want you to fill me in on your life. Chris said you worked for the NSA and now you're involved in the revelation. I'd love to hear all about that. Give her a break, Claire. It looks like she's had a long day. Said Petra. It's okay. Michelle assured as she swiped the card and opened the thick, heavy door. It's nice to have someone to talk to and perhaps you two could help educate me a bit more about beings. I've been told I'm doing well for having only been truly exposed to your world for a few days now but sometimes it feels like I'm floundering. She held the door and the two dragons stepped inside before she shut it and checked the lock. Of course, Michelle. Ask me for help any time. You're doing a huge service with your involvement. Petra replied. I don't know about that. Michelle was a little embarrassed. Nonsense. Spoke Chris from the end of the foyer. She's been great. There was an awkward moment when Chris and Michelle approached each other. For a moment it looked like they might shake hands but Chris opened his arms tentatively and Michelle eagerly took his invitation to a hug. Was everything fine while we were gone? I was worried about Chris. Michelle interrupted him. Do you remember when I arrested you with the SWAT team? Well, yeah, of course. He didn't get where she was going with this. I can look out for myself, though I appreciate the sentiment. You have a point. Chris smiled, releasing her and giving Claire and Petra a nod of acknowledgement. You'll have to hear that story in full some time. I'm still sure Michelle was tempted to clock me. Is that stir-fry I smell? Michelle's nose provided a timely distraction. Yes, Chris replied. Annabelle and Susan are teaming up for dinner so it should be great. Now there's something I actually missed while you were gone. Good cooking. Michelle threw back at him. I know. Petra agreed. Annabelle sure can cook and Susan is no slouch either. They all sauntered into the kitchen, congregating around the kitchen bar while the two cooks busily scuttled around each other and fragrant steam belched from the cookware they worked over. Petra explained that she was pleasantly surprised with their guest accommodation, and while it wasn't as lavish as their home in San Diego, it would do nicely. This made Chris feel his country roots strongly for a moment, to him. Rayla's guest quarters were classier than anything he'd ever experienced. What must the two dragonesses have thought of the farmhouse they'd just left? Hopefully, it didn't fall anywhere lower than being described as quaint. He was soon distracted, however, when Claire sidled up behind him where he sat watching his two lovely cooks at work. She wrapped her arms around him, sniffling against his neck and letting out a contented, animalistic croon that was somehow both a little disturbing and incredibly arousing. Claire rubbed herself against him like a cat, savoring his lovely scent and meeting his lips with her own as he turned to look at her. She kissed her mate passionately, feeling her heart swell and her core moisten as their tongues teasingly met in her mouth. What about you? Are you happy to get back to civilization? Chris asked as she bit her lower lip provocatively after their kiss. Yes, it's nice to be back in a decent city, but your farm wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It was just too quiet all the time. I guess I'm just a city girl at heart. But what I'm not happy about is that I have to settle for living down the hall. Well, Michelle needs a room and Lillian and Susan have the other two. I don't really see a way around it, sorry, Claire. Hmm. She smiled. Perhaps he didn't realize she was toying with him. He was so cute sometimes. I could sleep on the couch, or on the floor, but maybe you're right. It could be best if I'm in the other apartment. I'll just have to steal you away to my lair in the middle of the night, while Annabelle's asleep. Chris looked a little polaxed for a moment before frowning and realizing she was probably winding him up. Well, either that or I just sleep with you and Annabelle. She laughed. Think about it. Dinner's ready. Annabelle called, having overheard only snippets of their conversation, but judging by the blush on Chris's face, she knew Claire had discovered one of her own favorite hobbies, making him squirm. She shot a tentative smile at the stunning redhead, who returned it eagerly. Annabelle was still coming to terms with having Claire fawning over her future husband but over the last few days on the farm, they developed a genuinely friendly, and sometimes even playful rapport, united in their devotion to both the purple dragon and the slightly dorky, caring young man. Susan bustled them all into the dining room and took her place at what was quickly becoming a more and more crowded table. Dinner was indeed a spicy delight. Annabelle's tender beef and crisp fresh vegetables simmered with a perfect blend of garlic, ginger, 
and Sesame had the compliments flowing and several asking for seconds. Instead of adding traditional chili, Susan insisted that Annabelle incorporate a small amount of fireroot that she'd brought back from their trip home to the farm. It magically attuned itself to be however spicy the eater desired after a short incantation on the witch's part. Susan had also made a delicious berry cobbler for dessert, and while they ate, Michelle filled them all in on the latest news about the revelation. Perhaps the biggest was that there had indeed been a few incidents where beings had breached the bridging regulations put in place by the council just a few days ago.As Lillian had predicted, vampires were the offenders. Michelle said that the synod had been angling for several hundred years imprisonment, but the vampire representative had insisted that execution was the only way to make a firm example. Given that three humans had lost their lives to the stupidity and disrespect of a couple. Upstart vampires. An example needed to be made. Michelle wasn't entirely sure how the humans took this news but there could be no doubt that the synod acted swiftly and with a heavy hand. It was clear that their resolve to meet the humans' conditions for equality and the value of life was firm, at least when it came to the lives of their lower subjects. Perhaps it was more about flexing their own muscles and making sure beings knew they were serious. Waiting in the wings of the ensuing conversations about vampire hierarchy, Michelle finally worked up the courage to broach the subject she was dreading. It doesn't really matter if you believe all life has equal value, Annabelle. Lillian explained. Despite the moral flaws and pitfalls you come across in discussing the value of life, let alone when you add ancient, powerful beings to the equation. A vampire of less than 100 years is more a wild animal more than a person. None of you can understand how severe the cravings can be and how seductive the beast within us is. Only the strongest learn to control their instincts, and even then we live balanced on a knife edge sometimes. The girl Amanda's attack on Chris is a perfect example of this. All vampires must be treated with a heavy hand, for deep down, that is all our inner beast understands. Everyone was a bit sobered after that explanation and in the thoughtful silence that followed, Michelle pounced. Well, on the human side, today some of our media guys brought up an interesting idea. They want to prepare media packages portraying real beings and humans positively together, and have them ready to go when we're all set for the reveal. Short clips for TV ad slots, detailed interviews, and even documentaries. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Annabelle enthused. People will gobble that sort of stuff up, even if it is a little propaganda, especially younger people. They will just want as much information as possible. Yeah, the idea could work well in theory. Michelle continued with a nervous glance towards Chris who was thankfully busy with the last of his dessert. There was even talk of having limited meat and greet opportunities for the human population to interact with beings in a relatively controlled environment. The president really likes the idea. Of course, he says you need to get the right beings involved. A loud clatter from the head of the table startled most everyone momentarily as Chris' spoon dropped onto his bowl and a morsel of cobbler executed a lazy flop onto the tabletop. Chris sat frozen bolt upright, hand halfway towards his moth. What's wrong, dear? Susan asked out he ignored her as he pierced his latest familiar with a surprisingly steely gaze. Michelle tried not to squirm but after a few seconds she couldn't help a little fidget escaping her hips. Then she couldn't stop herself look away. Damn those eyes of his. No. He simply stated. Annabelle, Claire. And Susan looked befuddled but Petra and Lillian, having had more experience with being politics quickly connected the dots. I'm sorry, Chris. If it helps, I wasn't involved in the decision. At least John objected but the synod overruled him. I thought it was a terrible idea too, at least to begin with. Michelle apologized. That's because it is a terrible idea. Lillian hissed. I won't do it. Chris was adamant, anger rising inside him like billowing smoke. If this is some sort of petty revenge for what happened with the synod the other day, they can shove it right up their asses. Wait, they want Chris to do it? Annabelle caught up. Yes, and you can be sure that it is aimed as a punishment. Lillian said. If not a roundabout death sentence. There's just no way I'm agreeing to that. The publicity would ruin all our lives and put us in so much danger it isn't even remotely funny. I'm about to be a father for Christ's sake. Chris Dragon was becoming startlingly unsettled as his mind raced. He was being backed into a corner, choices taken away from him. He couldn't do this, he wasn't strong enough to protect them if this was forced upon him. Imian fluttered out of his bedroom into the dining room just then, stifling a tiny yawn after being awoken by the kerfuffle. Master, what's wrong? You're making ripples in the ether. The sprite murmured, 
Chris just grunted in frustration, his mind busy trying to come up with ways to get out of this. Sorry, Amy. Look, everyone just calm down and listen to me for a second. Michelle pleaded. I was worried about it too to begin with and I know it will expose you all to danger, even me. Just think about it though. Chris, you're actually perfect for the role and I'm sure that's what the president was thinking when he put your name forward, not out of malice. I don't care if your president is in love with him, it's my job to keep him safe. Lillian smoldered. Exactly. Everyone knows it will expose him so he's going to have the best protection money and magic can buy. Michelle countered. Chris is a dragon, he's young and newly a being, he's powerful, handsome, and he's already in a healthy relationship with a human. He can relate to regular humans because he was one not so long ago. He's also kind and good-natured. It doesn't get any better than that for this role. You'd have to be blind not to see that. Let's put aside the direct danger of all the crazies out there knowing exactly who and what I am for a minute. Chris muttered dangerously. You want me to become some sort of poster boy? Our life stories would effectively be turned into entertainment. How are we supposed to live our lives? Chris, don't you see? If you play this right, you'll be able to live your life however you damn well please. Michelle begged. That caused a long pause. What do you mean? He asked warily. Michelle looked around the room, trying to judge the level of support she could find, surprised that only Annabelle wasn't looking at her distrustfully. I meant what I said. Think movie star meets politician. If you use this to your advantage and navigate whatever hurdles come up along the way, you will gain nay untouchability on both sides of the revelation. You'll be able to name your price and use this to slingshot yourself into any career or position you can dream of. Yes, everyone will know you and some people might try to target you but there are people out there right now who deal with that every day because with worldwide influence and recognition comes immense power. Not to mention that we'll be doing some good for everyone, being inhuman. Annabelle added quietly. Have you two lost it? Chris exploded. He couldn't help feeling incredulous, surrounded, and betrayed. It showed in his tone. It's bad enough that beings want to dice me up to use in spells, you want to put a bullseye on my forehead for every nut, and religious freak out there who I guar on fucking tea you will think I'm some sort of devil spawn once this comes out. Something about this triggered Michelle. Where had her confident, self-assured dragon gone? The dragon who had stood up to the most powerful conglomerate of beings on the planet in her defense? It made her so angry. Couldn't he see that sacrifice on the personal level was exactly what it would take to make the revelation work at all? He was in flight, she needed fight. Listen to yourself. She scoffed, not considering the words as they spilled from her mouth. Buck it up, Kauba. All that shit is going to happen anyway when this comes out. You were what? Going to bury your head in the sand? This is an opportunity. Christ. Who'd have thought a dragon could be such a pussy? Michelle. Petra warned from across the table as she felt the stirrings of a vast amount of energy coming from the boy. No. Michelle snapped. He needs to hear this. This was always going to be hard, Chris. Everyone has to give up something to make it work. Think of my colleagues who lost their lives for this. I almost lost mine as well, and instead I was basically committed into slavery. What are you willing to give? There was a solid second of pure silence as everyone held their breath and all eyes turned towards Chris. Michelle's hand rose to cover her mouth, her mind catching up to her tongue and attempting to stem the flow. What was wrong with her? The air shimmered around him, sizzling as if sitting above blacktop on a summer's day. He wasn't conscious of how much energy he was drawing. He felt trapped, backed into a corner and attacked by unseen dangers. His dragon raged, they weren't strong enough to protect their brood. Not with this shoved upon them, not like this. A collective gasp broke the silence at the dinner table as he simply disappeared in front of their eyes, a deep, sad growl the only trace he left behind, echoing in the room. Everyone turned back to Michelle, who shrunk in her chair under the intense and varied emotion she saw in the eyes of the other women. Compassion, rage, sadness, disbelief, and most surprisingly, a delighted twinkle. The high-pitched melody of the sprite's giggle broke the silence. Good work, human. Imiad squeaked as she fluttered her wings in preparation to follow her master. Silly dragon, he needed that. Fear not, sisters, I will go to him. This story is continued in the next part. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. 
You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.